You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. In 2015, a new Star Wars podcast was launched. Three Canadians promptly grew the podcast from its Montreal underground roots to maximum exposure in the Commonwealth. Today, 100 episodes in and wanted by other networks, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Tumbling Sabres. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Centennial. Welcome to episode 100 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't do episode 100 without the man. James, welcome back, buddy. Thanks, guys. Really looking forward to tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a different mood, right? We, I mean, we've got, a, we've got a full slate of show notes to get to, but yeah. I, you know, I'd be just as happy to scrap the whole thing and just uh, just, just chat for a while. We could do that. Yeah, we, I suppose we could. But um, what's going on, guys? You guys have yourselves a good weekend? Yeah, mine was actually pretty awesome, man. I started it off like, well, kind of all week I've been thinking about recording tonight in a way too, you know, kind of a big night. But uh, I went to go see Thor on Friday and, man, really knocked my socks off, man. Amazing film. I really, really, really loved it. Such a blast. Such a fun ride. Highly recommend it to anyone. Uh yeah, I heard it was good, Corey. I'm uh, although I, I got to be honest, I, I love your enthusiasm, but in terms of being a barometer, uh, I find you enthusiastic about a lot of things. <laughs> well, this put it this way, like it's really rare. Like the, the reason why my head was kind of spinning on this one is because, like, like I don't know, right off the bat. Wait, it just wait, got me. wait, wait, wait. What you, Corey? You know, you know, you're the worst, right? The worst. Anyway, it just got me right off the bat, and I found myself like. Even the next morning, I was still really thinking about it, and I wanted to like I'm gonna go see it again in theater, and like that's kind of rare for me. And I laughed out loud oh, like many times throughout, so that's a, a really good thing. Heard it was super funny. But how, how on a scale of uh, one to um, let's say dazed and confused, how baked were you? Bah, you know, <laughs> average man, straight line. <laughs> wow, whatever. It was just it was so good. Like, just as a, I don't know, as in a cinematic experience, like, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the only review, I mean, I've seen The Rotten Tomatoes, and it's the best reviewed Marvel movie ever. The only in-depth review I heard was on NPR, and I don't, I don't know the movie reviewer that well, but uh, he said it was, without a doubt, the best Thor movie. So well, I thought, yeah. well, jeez. That's not that's not a very high bar, dude. So exactly. are, are you crushing that movie or are you saying it's worth seeing? I don't know what you're saying. He seemed he seemed to be kind of <coughs> turning turning his nose up to it a little bit. <laughs> well, it's just a fun movie to watch, really. It's not uh anything super deep or anything like that. It's just a, a joyride, really. A lot of that's, improv. That's all I'd like. A lot of improv between the characters, and you can tell too, it really comes off well. Gold That's why we get into comic books, right? For for fun, for thrills, the excitement, and all that stuff. So if Thor took a page out of that, 
I'm down. So next time, if you go have a second viewing, let me know. I'm going to try and tag along. Nice. Nice accidental uh, wordplay there. Took a page out of the comics in Thor. Nice. <laughs> nice. James, how about you? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good despite everything. <laughs> my kids were sick and the weather was shitty. But uh, no, we had a nice weekend. The wife and I sort of got uh, got some stuff accomplished. Ch- checked, checked some stuff off the long list. You know that list that drags around forever and, and you're like, I'll get to that eventually. Well, we actually. Ch- uh, I, have, I have stuff on my list that has been going on for two, three years. Yeah, we checked some stuff off that list, so that w- that was pretty good, you know. Cool. Yeah, I got I got a house full of sick. My my wife is very sick. Uh, she was kind of laid up all weekend. My my daughter is just coming down from a pretty bad head cold. Kept her at a school two days this week, so yeah, sort of an up and down weekend. But uh, hey, get to cap it with episode one hundred. Man, I can't believe it, man. Yeah, I said I think. Uh... Guys, just want to move right into collecting here, like just this hundred episode episode thing. Like, I think the wills of the force were really with me this week, man. Because, man, did I have a hell of a week collecting on the hunt. James and I were gonna go out, but uh, kind of fell through at the last minute. But uh, anyhow, I still managed to get out there, and holy cow, man! Finally got out there when uh, some stuff was like for sure it was fresh on the pegs, man. So uh, I don't know what did I get here. I, I went head over to uh, Toys R Us. And they, I mean, it seems like they got even more Commander Gree, which is weird. And they're still not budging on the price, which is really lame. Uh, well, isn't he down to like $32 or is he back up to 40 It was He was marked at uh, 35 I believe, thirty-five ninety-nine, something like that. But all the, they were all, like I miscalculated, like all of them were down to 22 or 24 bucks, But on the pegs, they were saying 29 So when I got to the cash, I was like, nice, that's a nice little bonus. But I found the Imperial Finn, which is kind of cool in the six-inch black series. I found Captain Poe Dameron. And a Maz, so I scooped those up right away. And then I headed over to Walmart. I picked up uh, the three and three quarter DJ. Found the second wave Luke and R2 with the the rocket boosters there. Then, cool. Uh, yeah, from the advice of uh, our good friend over in the out east there, Nathan, he told me to head over to EB Games with this promo code and ended up like reserving a Snoke with a the throne there. That was pretty cool, and I managed to also at the same time pick up uh, our good friend Tim at the nerd room. I, I found him a Force Ghost Obi Wan, shipped nice. that over to him. Yeah, and Very I nice. also they they came down on the porg price too, the uh, electronic porg, whatever you want to call it. There, the one that squeaks and walks. It's down to forty four bucks now. So whatever, I picked one up for my son for Christmas. That's kind of cool. Uh, it's still a little high for me. I, I think that needs to come down another ten, ten, twelve bucks before I bite. Yeah, I don't even know what I did there. I hate those voice-activated things, and th- this it, the toy actually sounds very annoying. It's not like cute or anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's well, that, that's that's quite the collecting update this week. Yeah, it's a big one. So I I have a small thing to share. It, it's sort of a half collecting update because I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, so I I went to uh, in Quebec. We have a grocery chain called Maxi. I know I know out other parts of the country you have equivalent stores i don't know what you what we'd call it but um it's part of the loblaws family if i'm not mistaken they sell president's choice uh, for, for the canadians out there but um they also have a, they have a toy section and it's pretty well stocked when it wants to be and they had some forces of destiny dolls and with some pretty deep cuts uh, to the prices so i snagged a couple i got the jedi training ray with the bb8 and i got hoth leia with r2 and both were knocked down from like 
I think, 44 bucks to 26 And are those so I, for you or for your daughter? Well, that's the thing. That's why this is, that's why this is a half-collecting update. I don't know. <laughs> I know what I should do. Collect them. Yeah, I mean, they... they they're 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 very nice looking figures, and the packaging is is well done too. Um, I don't know, but I know my my daughter would just fly off the handle if she knew they were in the house and, and she didn't have them. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Her birthday is coming, as is Christmas. So uh, maybe I'll just hand them over because I I know they're not. I thought for you know for a minute I thought maybe these things would be a little bit exclusive, tough to find, but it became immediately evident that uh, these things are not going to be high on the the collector item list. So um, I could let her have them, you know, she'll get her use out of them and I'll, you know, I could probably just assimilate them back into my collection with before long anyway. So yeah. And I also hit a toy con this weekend in Montreal and I went in with zero plan. It was more of an excuse to get out of the house with my little guy. And uh, yeah, we had, we had, we had some fun. We looked at a whole, it was more, it's more like a swap meet atmosphere, but um yeah, I mean Black Series stuff everywhere. That was that was dominant. And I, Corey, I found your Rex, the the Hascon Rex, as low as fifty bucks. Really, eh? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, I paid about that then, <laughs> or more with shipping. That's yeah, a pretty good I, I deal. I was really tempted on much. I mean, I, I, there, I there was everything that you could want there, I, but nothing jumped out at me. I was like, nah, whatever. I think I have everything I want for now. Did but you I, see I, uh fortieth anniversary uh R two? Yep. How much were they asking for him at this point? Uh, it's all a jumble now, but everything seemed to be in that you know forty-five to sixty-five range. Really interesting. Yeah, I I don't know the exact pricing, but there was there was one retailer in particular. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, stuff that is readily available on the pegs. He's asking you know double the price, and and he had weird price points like sixty-nine bucks and eighty-one dollars for for Black Series figures that you could go to your local Walmart and probably find. Very strange. I wanted to ask him, like, what are you doing? But uh, he's trying to make uh, uh, some. He's trying to make money. That's what he's doing. So I, I didn't ask. But you know what? I'm really waiting for is those Disney Infinity toy box figures. That's that's what I'm waiting for. I think that might be the reason why I'm just pausing on everything now. Because when those drop, I may lose my mind. I'm, I want those figures quite badly. So hopefully, they hit uh, WalMarts and Toys R Us pretty soon before Toys R Us goes belly up. But anyway. But anyway, before we move ahead with the show, I uh, just wanted to take a moment, um, you know, just just to thank everybody who's ever taken a moment to press play on one of our shows. Uh, anyone who's given us feedback or thrown us a question, uh, stuck with us uh, through these hundred episodes, it's meant the world. So uh, thank you to everybody. And also thank you and welcome to the Powerful Friends program to Jeffrey. Jedi Fish nice. on Twitter is no a powerful friend. And uh as such, Jeffrey wins the exclusive prize pack. No way! Sweet! There you go, so, Jeff. <laughs> he had 100% odds as the only entrance to the entrant to the contest. So, high five hey. to you, Jeff. Hey, that's that's awesome, man. Dude, that's Congratulations, that's the, man. That's sick. That's one of my favorite, favorite toys right now. Like, I, I just go and I look at it sometimes and I'm like, that's another thing too. You know, oh. So far, well, you know what I, you know, I, I wanted to promote exactly what was in the prize pack on Instagram and Twitter, but I never really detailed it. You know, I took a picture of it on my phone. I never published it. I just kept forgetting. Uh, so th- at this point, I'm just, I'm not going to say what's in the pack. I'm just going to box up what's in the prize pack, send it off to Jeff, and oh. it'll be like an early Christmas for him. Seriously, ooh, uh, 
I was a close one then. I'm the worst. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may have you may have just titled our centennial episode. Episode 100, the worst of the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, 37 days left when this podcast drops. 37 days. That's just over a month until The Last Jedi drops. I'm I'm starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah. It, How are you guys holding up? It's real. It's becoming real. I'm getting excited. When I, when I think about it, the, the not just the movie, but the whole night, I'm getting pretty pumped. The dinner, the, the hanging out, the being blown away by the next Star Wars movie. I'm pretty pumped. I get pretty scared sometimes, man. Like, just the two experiences that I had. I mean, Rogue One wasn't really that bad, but I remember The Force Awakens. I had pretty much, I think I had a panic attack <laughs> or an anxiety attack. I don't know what it was. It felt like, you know, I was like, oh, man, something doesn't feel right. And it's just, you know, you wait all this time and it builds up to that one night, you know? Well, t- take this as you will. Um, I was more nervous for the drop of TFA than I was on my wedding day. <laughs> like I, I had no nerves on my wedding day. Now, I don't know if that's a case of you know you definitely picked the right person or uh, you've been with her for too long. It's nothing surprising at this point, but I had no nerves on that day whatsoever. Uh, but you know, December fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, I was a bit of a wreck inside. I got nothing done at work. I just remember so clearly just staring at my screen, just not able to think. Okay. What, you guys want to talk about some actual news? or uh, Actually, James, you, you had brought something to the table, right? You wanted to uh, have a little bit of a twist to this episode? I did, actually. This is perfect timing um, now that you bring it up. Uh, I know, uh, and Corey's in on this, by the way. You know, He sort of knows a little bit what's going on, and Kyle certainly doesn't. But um, being, being, yeah, being the 100th episode, um, I thought we should do you know something that involved you know, the, the listeners, but you sort of kept it um, pretty clear that you wanted to do straight up show, just do a hundred show would mention it, but, but that was it. So I, I found what I'll call a Corey loophole. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was all like, no way, man. It ain't going I, uh, down like that. I, I decided I, I would learn uh, um, 11 impressions of, of the 11 list, my 11 favorite or, you know, most involved listeners. And so throughout the show, I figured I'd, I'd sprinkle in um, some impressions for you of what I think <laughs> of what I think the listeners' feedback would be. Um, you know, a hundred season or a hundred episodes in, we have a pretty good idea of, of how these people who, who they are. So uh, I think so. You know, while we're on the topic, I figured might as well start with the first one. And uh, let, let, let me know who you think this is, Kyle. And, and, and Corey hasn't heard these yet either. Oh, Ron, we're recording right now, right now, we're good. Hey, uh, guys, Brad Hall here. Hey, congratulations <laughs> on uh, your 100th episode of the Tumbling Saber. That is so awesome. Uh, can't say that I've been around for the first 100. I think I came in around the 60s or so, so... Uh, since then, though, which I think was probably May, early June, um, your podcast is the one I look forward to every week. When it drops, I'll listen to it within the, the first day or so uh, every week. I enjoy uh, what y'all have to say. I enjoy the questions. I enjoy the format, the way you lay everything out, and uh, you know, just the way you answer 
everyone's questions and makes uh, us powerful friends uh, and all your listeners um, part of the show. I think that's really cool. Uh, to you, Kyle, I want to say thank you for all that you do. I know there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to, uh, to actually make this show happen and uh, to make it sound the way it does. Um, I have to say, you, I mean, you can tell that you put a lot of time and care into what you do uh, to produce a show because it is absolutely brilliant every week. And its production value is up there with a lot of other podcasts that I listen to. Um, and uh, I want to say personally thank you uh, for all that you do to make this show happen. Uh, also want to uh, thank your sidekick, Corey, uh, what all he does. He's definitely the hardy in this situation, and uh, he plays the part great, and he also does a great job right along with you. And also a shout-out to James. I know uh, of late he hasn't been on the show, um, but I know this show wouldn't be where it's at today if it wasn't for him. As far as memories, man, I'd have to say I don't have one specific type of memory that stands out. But I guess my favorite uh, memory or memories would be any time you bust Corey's balls. I <laughs> love it when you give him a hard time. It just always makes me laugh. And I love it when it's late at night and Corey decides to uh, pop another beer and you give him a, you know, a hard time saying, really? You're going to have another and it's 1230 at night? You've, you've got to go to work in a few hours. What are you doing? I just, I just love that back and forth that y'all have, um, you know, on these podcasts. Um, well, guys, that's all I've got to say. But, man, keep on keeping on, and I look forward to the next 100. Love you guys. Cheers. Oh, Bradley. Thank you, sir. That's awesome, man. James, you've, you've worked on your Bradley impression. That's awesome. I know he's from Texas, so I figured uh, <laughs> he probably sounds something like that. We, you know, we, we, we knew we weren't allowed to do anything like uh, official, so you've got 10 more uh, impressions coming your way sprinkled throughout the show. Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to say a quick thank you too, Bradley. That's really, really sweet of you, man. Like, honestly, like, that means a lot. Like, my, I'm smiling, like, ear to ear right now. Yeah, no, that, that, that means the world. It really does. Um, because you now Bradley's right. There's a, there's a there's a lot going on behind the scenes, and uh, yeah, no, I I, I totally appreciate um, the kind words. It's it's very very gratifying. Thank you, Bradley. All right, I gotta shake that off. Um, <laughs> get used <laughs> to it. Get a big head, Kyle. Get used to it. So, guys, new poster, new international teaser. You want you want to talk about that? Uh, yes. Did you see the Porg in it? Well, I, I just, I, I couldn't take my eyes off the Vader silhouette. <laughs> I, I thought it was a Porg silhouette, personally. Uh, okay, sure. Why does she have a red lightsaber? Are we starting there? You can start wherever you want. Does she have a red lightsaber? No, she, no, no. she's, it's Kylo's saber and Luke's got his saber. And oh. she's, she's just there kind of looking at something. Up and above her right shoulder. Oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, I'm looking at it now. Because <laughs> so, someone had changed it to red in the... I can't remember which one, and I it doesn't matter now, but yeah. Um, Before we start dissecting this one, like, 
what, what's up with Snoke not being in these posters? Is he just too like hideous to to do promotion or something? You know, like no, we can't we can't really promote this guy like this. Like, let's keep all the pretty faces, and uh, no posters for Snoke. It could be that easy. I mean, if if you yeah, I mean, if you're gonna put him in it, you got to put him really big. He's such a big shadowy figure, so yeah, you'd have to loom in there, and you have this big ugly face. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just that simple. You're not gonna tuck him down with with Hux and and Poe. No offense to Poe, but you're not you're not gonna go tuck him down there in that cluster of characters. That, that that's that's sort of diluting that character's importance. But I I like this international poster. I don't know. It's still not the 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 teaser from Celebration, but I think I prefer this more than the North American. Really? It's, I mean, it's really close. I mean, if you ask me tomorrow, I might change my mind, but. I don't know. I, I I like this one quite a bit. I, well, maybe maybe it's as simple as Luke's holding a saber. Hmm. Finally, I, I'm I'm actually shocked. Like I, for the longest time, I've, I've been saying there's no way that uh, that Luke would do this. That they would ever show Luke holding a saber in any promo material. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm shocked about that. I, I'm a little shocked that it's in the, the the a trailer, a poster. Excuse me, but. You know, we saw it a couple of weeks ago on those cups, I believe it was, those glasses. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, holding some, a saber yeah. at one point. But I mean, still, that's kind of just like, that's a scoop in a way. It's not like it's on the poster. I guess the cat's kind of out of the bag, but I mean, still, regardless, I don't think it's his saber anymore, you know? Could just be showing her a thing or two with it. Yeah, I tend to think he's not doing a whole lot with the saber in the movie. I think he's, unless, you know, I had a theory that one time, um, you know, they they come under attack from from Kylo Ren and the, the Knights of Ren, and here they come. And Luke goes, oh, I, "I'm going to need to borrow that." But then again, that's sort of that's sort of depowering Ray a little bit, or belittling Ray. I don't know. Uh, is it though? But I, she's still a Padawan. Or I, guess, I don't know what yeah, the term's going to be for her, but like, I don't know if that's belittling her really. I think I could be okay with that. Oh, somebody you know, somebody would be. be yeah, annoyed like, no matter that, what happens, someone's going to be snarky about something. I mean, you can't. Can't. What do you call it? A Mary Sue, I think. Or uh, I've never even heard of that term. What is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, no. they, what do they call her? Uh, Ray has been branded a Mary Sue by, a Mary by Sue, certain right? people. Yeah. yeah. Wrong. All right. The, tra- the international trailer itself really didn't offer much in terms of uh, new content. It gave us a couple extra shots. I think the droids were like C-3PO was in there for a couple shots, but really nothing, nothing new. But I think the big deal at coming out of this is, you know, people all preoccupied with Ray being in the air quotes villain position. You know, always the person in the back looming over everybody is the villain. So now Ray's there uh, in some of the IMAX promo posters. Luke is there. Uh, Now everybody's kind of confused. What is going on? Who's the real villain here? Well, come on, it, like, I, I know I, what I said at the beginning was wrong, but if you look at this poster, she, it, the way it's set up, it looks like she could be holding Kylo's lightsaber, too. Uh, I guess from a certain angle, although, I mean, that is clearly Kylo's Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that I think, I think she is, but just, like, it's, she's not facing the good one, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it oh. looks like she could be holding that saber in front of her, doesn't it? Right, she couldn't be holding loose. Correct. Yeah. All, all I can say that every trailer, uh, every poster that's come out thus far is, except for maybe the the first one at Celebration, but even that one, is, it, it 
pointed to something like grand, but these ones, they all really have that dark theme to them, man. Like they're really messing with our heads on these ones. Like people are really going the distance and trying to uh, di dissect them and analyze them in the sense that, you know, like Kyle just said, like, oh, look, like Luke's at the top and that's usually reserved for the uh, prime villain position and no, now Ray's at the top, you know? So they know these things too. They're totally messing with our minds. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this also ties a little bit into Daisy's recent comments. I, yep, I can't remember yep. who she was talking to, but she said that uh, something to the effect that the dividing line between good and evil is becoming more and more ambiguous, and that uh, the relationship between Rey and Kylo symbolizes that. So yep. they can play this shell game over who the villain is, and I think, I think everybody might be a little bit sketchy in the way they think, or maybe even the way they act. So, uh, so there's that thing, James, that you and I, you were nervous about, and I'm a little bit nervous about that. Jeez, uh, who like, are they? Are they going to be really mixing this all up? Are are the good guys going to be not so good, and the bad guys maybe not so bad? But you you've kind of come around on that, right? Just saying, I'm just going to go with it. Um, but I yeah, I guess I don't know if it's I've come around on it or it's had time to sort of just settle with me or. I'm not exactly sure, but I certainly I'm not nearly as panicked uh, about the idea of of them changing what I thought the traditional role was for for Jedi. Well, I you know I think I think do, I do you can... think it was uh, do you think it was the trailers that did that for you for the most part, James? Honestly, I think it was like stepping away from from podcasting and talking about it every week. I really think that's what it was <laughs> for real. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, get get a little distance from it. Not have it on your mind all the time and causing all these nerves. Sure. Um yeah, it looks like the, it looks like they really want to keep a lot close to the vest. So they, I mean they're messing with our minds with, you know, the, this amb ambiguity over who's good and who's bad. But I think, you know, I think it, it's out there that they've consciously made an effort in this marketing campaign to keep a lot under wraps. Like there's a lot they don't want us to know. And so they're they're just leaving us with these with these open ended questions, and that's what we get to kick around here, play ping pong with for the next, you know, thirty seven days. Now, I, I'm okay with that, even if it makes you know. I guess the news might be a little bit drier when we do these shows, but you know, for lack of fresh topics. But uh, I, I'm okay with that. I think it'll make for a better movie exp experience. Have you guys have you guys seen the? Other, I don't think it's the international one, but um, there's another poster out there where. Luke, on one of them, he's in the top left-hand corner, kind of. And it's the poster's kind of got those red themes, and Rey is holding her saber horizontally. And then there's another one, I think it's the IMAX one, where Luke is... It's it's only First Order and Dark Side people, like, on this one. And Luke, again, is in the villain position at the top right-hand corner. And Kylo is holding his lightsaber at a uh, horizontal angle as well. So I saw someone like merge both posters together and like, again, like Ray and Kylo's sabers, they kind of like meet right in the middle and like just seeing Luke on opposing sides, the duality of that, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it's nice to see things working on those you know, next levels. Agreed. All right. So then the, the big kahuna last week. So there I was, you know, I'm minding my business quietly trying to put uh, our monthly newsletter together, just minding my business, watching Game 7 of the World Series, finally getting to watch 
you know, baseball. I love baseball. I hadn't, hadn't got to watch much at all. But here I am watching Game 7, and then I hear those notes. Done. Done. Done, done, done. And I, I just start losing my composure. I, you, know, you see the shot of the Falcon, and then you see that shot of Luke. So spoilers, Bradley, and everybody else. Um, <laughs> You're the worst. The worst. He said spoilers well, first. No, yeah, he well, said, he said, no, no, I said a he shot said of the this. Falcon. A shot of the Falcon. I, you know, that's not spoiling anything. It's a shot of the Falcon. We know the Falcon's in the movie. But here, the next shot is a spoiler. I, I doubt Bradley's avoided this. But Bradley, I don't know if you got your earmuffs on, but um, the shot of Luke on the, in the cockpit of the Falcon, that nearly killed me. I, I think I nearly had a stroke right on the couch. It was pretty. Well, a good one. And he man, lights every, he lights man. everything up, presumably with with you know more spoilers. We said it enough times. Spoilers, spoilers. Presumably, he you know he he fires everything up with the force, right? That's that's the takeaway. Is that your takeaway, guys? Well, I saw. I thought I saw him like press the button on the side. Yeah, but it takes two sets of hands to fire all that stuff up at once. We've seen it a million times. Yeah, and you should he be does. more toward the front of the ship. Or you know, you just bang the bulkhead with your fist. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Han's ghost. Um, no, but I mean, what is it about that shot? You know, what is it about that shot? Like Luke was hardly on the Falcon when you really think about it. He was yeah, on a new it hope. in a Empire. new hope, and that's it. Empire as well. Ah, briefly at the end of Empire, yeah, exactly. Then that's it. But what is it about that shot in particular? I mean, I, I went on Twitter after that. I, I I don't know if you guys were online when that trailer dropped. But people were freaking out, like, this is grown adults, and we're all like, ah, Luke on the Falcon, and like, weeping openly. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe, like, the level of which I had the feels for that shot. Like, I, I don't know what it is. is it, because it's the, you know, going back to A New Hope, you know, once Luke stepped on that Falcon, that was the turning point, right? He was, there's no, no going sure. back. Yeah, that's part of it. And part of it is up. not, is not even just a throwback to the movies where you're like, oh, that you know, I'm reminded of all those epic scenes where Luke was on the Falcon. It's more like Falcon epically nostalgic, Luke epically nostalgic, together, mind blown, you know? Yeah, it's where it all began. Anyway, yeah. That yeah. hunk of junk. Oh, that, that, I mean, that, it was, that, it was that great. thing seriously threw me for a loop. It was great. Uh, but that, you know, that, that whole 45 seconds was awesome. I, I, I wasn't, I was not expecting it. I don't know how many people were. But based on, on Twitter's reactions, this was like another right hook right to the jaw. For sure. And like no one was expecting this. It came out of nowhere. I love it. And during the World Series too. Perfect. It's like Saint Toy. Bang. <laughs> nice. Good job with your Quebecois jargon there. Let me translate that for everybody. Hear you. Bang. <laughs> so any shots jump out at you guys? We'll, we'll keep the spoiler, spoiler warning in effect here, Brad. Uh, but any, any shots really jump out at you guys? Well, again, the Luke on the Falcon thing, like, just before passing that up, like, I don't know, the look on his face, like, there's something about that scene, like, it's almost like Quasim- Quasimodo-ish in the sense that, like, you know, half his eyes covered with his hood, and he's just, like, it, it almost seems like he doesn't want to be on this thing, and, like, he has to, so I'm kind of almost taking away, like, maybe at this point, Ray has already left planet with someone else, left the Falcon behind. It's possible. That's interesting, because he's wearing his, like, his, his, uh... His second, second, like garb kind of is his darker robes which we can at this point presume is in the later part of the film you know i i kind of like that yeah she leaves she leaves 
And it's at, yeah, Luke decides at some point I got to go. And the only ship available to me is the Falcon. So imagine Luke showing up on crate in the Falcon. That's it. And then he comes and kind of like saves the day. He could be even the guy piloting with the Porgs and Chewie, possibly. Oh, man. So, okay, so this is going to be tinfoil hat stuff. But there's a, a Lego commercial out now. And remember the the Duracell ad it. from last I year. I saw it. Yep. There's, there's a that Duracell ad from last year where the girl dressed as Ray lights a lightsaber and people freaked out and people said, eh, it doesn't really mean anything. But it turns out that, yeah, it kind of did. There's a shot in that Lego TV ad of the Falcon like shooting down an ad ad or the ATM ATM six. six yeah, I, I saw wonder it too. if that's a thing from the movie and Luke shows up on crate and starts blasting the hell out of ATM six is with the Falcon. Yeah, because the Falcon like made short order of it too. You know, like you yeah, that's that, that, that's for brevity like, boom, boom. in a fifteen second commercial. But yeah, I, I wonder if that's a thing that's going to happen. Luke piloting the Falcon. And in combat, I kind of don't that like would be that they, wild, man. I kind of don't like the fact that they gave away that last scene. Well, it looks like they gave it away anyhow. When you see them, someone's driving or piloting the Falcon through that tunnel on crate, and now we kind of get resolution to that already in the trailer. And I hate it when trailers kind of do that, but you see it popping through the surface of crate. Yeah, that's kind of like oh, you could have saved that for the movie, maybe you know. Yeah. But that, I mean, again, that's, I mean, when you, it's but that's something that hardcore on. fans are going to pick up on. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be a hardcore fan to pick up on that, but like your casual fan isn't going to catch that in the, in the trailers. And yeah, it's that moment's ruined for you now. And, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast, but I still think that that's not a massive percentage of their viewing population. I don't think they ruined too, too many scenes that way by having that kind of continuity in yeah, a couple the of the average movie goer is already forgotten. Totally forgotten about that shot already. That's what I'm saying. Not necessarily. Like, like look at movies like Spider Man. I, lo- I I love that movie, but I really felt the trailer told a lot of the bigger. Yeah, but you're a huge Spider. You're you're not the average moviegoer for that for that movie. Uh, but I still found that the trailer was just horrible for that. Horrible. Like Sony. Well, I mean, yeah, this Homecoming. The trailers for that really took it in the, right in the chops. Okay, so how's this? Like, how's this one? I know you guys, you've probably seen this on Twitter, but even me visually, I knew something was wrong with this scene and watching it. And I'm I'm convinced this is the case because I've seen both presented now. Um, But the scene where you see Ray raising the saber. Yep. That scene's got to be in reverse. Like, I would put big money on that. Like That is it, a theory. It, it doesn't look right. It There's just something about it that, looks like it's played in reverse and when you play it the opposite way with her putting it down it seems to me it looks more natural yes exactly um i didn't you know i didn't think about that um that's the scene where she's with kylo and she's like i'm leaving with him and he's like this is not gonna end the way you think and she leaves with kylo and then he's got to go on the falcon after like "Eh, gonna fly this thing again gonna beat my destiny uh, that all makes sense, man. That or it's it seems like a viable. I don't know if it makes sense, but it seems like a viable path that this movie's going to go down. Boom! I like that. Toy, Kyle, boom. Kyle, Kyle's saying that I'm making sense on the hundredth episode. Took a hundred. It took a hundred tries. Yep. <laughs> that, that is not true. I've said you've made good points before. I make good points all the time, even when I'm super drunk. It's awesome. I'm awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so that that little teaser, forty five seconds of awesome. Uh, too bad the uh, the game didn't quite live up to the. Uh, oh, but what a trailer. series, man! What a what a World Series. You know, I, w- I was griping about it in my car uh, to an audience that could care less yesterday, but uh, like three or four of those games were, were all time classics, right? Yeah. And I saw no, like I always like punched out, went to bed before the fireworks really started. Oh, and the man. two games that I did watch in the series were just meh, including Game Seven, which you know you want to see a good Game Seven. I, I don't, I didn't care who won, but I want to see a good game, and it was just so. And in fact, I only tuned in after the second inning, <laughs> so I missed I missed Houston, like running up the score. Anyway, I wonder if that's uh, that's Bradley's team. Good for you, Bradley. Uh, I if if Bradley likes I don't know he's he's closer to Dallas, so I don't know if that makes him more of a Rangers guy. Anyway, Bradley can clear that up if he's. Uh, Got to taking his earmuffs off at this point. Okay, let's let's move quick, quickly ahead. James, I don't know when you want to sprinkle in uh, your things, but just just feel free to interrupt me for one of the eleven impersonations that you want to do. Kyle, you're right. Now's a perfect time to hear from ads. Uh, my my ads impression's pretty good because well, we hear from him every week, so this this one should be spot on. And only Bradley's uh, is about five. Hello, Tumbling Saber. It's ads here from uh, Tumbling Saber. And my (laughs) favourite moments from the last 100 shows are frequent discussions about what the word iconic means. I knew it. Epic rap battles between James and Big Wicket. Being made a proud knight of the Commonwealth. Of course. And who can forget that wonderful... Merry Sifmas special. Yeah. There's really so, so many great episodes, and you never fail to make me smile in every show you do. On to the next 100. All the best. Take care. All right. Cheers, ads. Thank you, sir. And, of course, it goes without saying that uh, the Tumbling Saber is not Tumbling Saber without the first night of the Commonwealth. So uh, cheers to you, my friend. Um, I love you, man. I would say that's true. (laughs) I would say that's true. Um, I, I've got a little schedule here, and I'm going to package a few together of the of the. Uh, they're not all the same length. Some some guys uh, went on a little longer than others, and so uh, I think we should hear from from uh, from Dave over in Dublin. Cool. Hey lads, it's Dave in Dublin. <laughs> My first funniest and best memory of tumbling saber was the first time I heard the boys cursing and swearing. I was like. <laughs> These are nice Canadian boys. They don't do that. This is and it it lifted a lid of my head and then, then I start listening to Sith Disturbers and Oh Janie Mac. Oh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That's my favorite one. But happy one hundred and congratulations and thank you for all you do. God bless. Dave God bless you, David. <laughs> uh those oh, those are two you. good lads right there. Ads and Dave. Dave, uh, that's a, just a classic voicemail, man. Thank you for that. And Ads, Ads was the first, by the way. I asked for a little, a little love, uh, voice love, and Ads was, was within minutes. He had something in the Dropbox. So thank you very much, guys. Oh, guys, super awesome. Super, super awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's funny what people pick up on eh? as, as their favorite bits. 
I've had a, I've had some time with these, Kyle. We'll talk. I've made a list of of what's of sort of the there's a theme to what stands out, and we'll we'll talk. Yeah, like I've got some thoughts about of, swearing, as to man. what that could be. Yeah. <laughs> I miss swearing, Dave. I miss it a lot. <laughs> That's that, that is all. That is almost literally the reason why we created Sith Disturbers, so that you could have an outlet. It's true. So, this... no, I mean, you guys remember how, how that came about, right? That show. It was uh, summer 2016. The news cycle had completely dried up leading up to Rogue One. We had nothing to talk about on the show. We said, "Well, damn it, we got to come up with our own content here." So we we came up with a lot of the stuff that we generally now talk about in Sith Disturbers, so the, the would-you-rathers and the randomness, pop culture stuff, and then the news cycle picked back up, and suddenly, and this this is where episodes went from, like, an hour and a half to two hours plus. We said, oh, damn, we like we need to take this cool stuff and spin it off into his own show, and Corey needs a place to swear. And, uh, <laughs> and thus was born the Sith Disturbers. Doesn't make it any easier, man. <laughs> And you, you've done pretty well the last, uh, I would say, 30 episodes. You, you've kind of kept it to a minimum. It's a struggle. The struggle yeah, is real. Yeah. Hashtag first world problems, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So uh, next on the list, up to 80% of Han Solo was reshot. And now we know exactly why it took Ron Howard so bloody long. He was three plus months on the set. You know, the more the weeks went on, the more we said, geez, like they are really scrubbing the deck here. But yeah, it seems like uh, the more they peeled, the more they realized this was not what we're looking for. Um, surprised? Uh, dismayed? What do, you, what do you guys take from this? Definitely for James. not dismayed. I, I, I can only be encouraged. I would have been dismayed, I think, if I would have heard he kept 80% of the footage he didn't shoot. I think, I think that would be more concerning. Um, Even a fifty-fifty, like uh, I'd have been like, "What the hell?" Fifty-fifty, I might have been okay, but I'm I'm glad to hear that they reshot a bunch of stuff because it's a new director with a new vision, and I think it's important to to if we want a good movie, it, you know, scenes that are close enough just wouldn't cut it in the long run. So yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that they reshot a bunch of it. Maybe they're able to keep some of the action sequences that Lord and Miller shot. Sure. Um, because you can you can always do the the dialogue in ADR after, no problem. But yeah, this is going to be a Ron Howard movie, and it should and, be. Well, as it should be. So Lord and Miller will be completely washed away from this movie. They'll never be spoken of again. We'll, we'll probably never get the making of Han Solo book, not the one we want anyway. Uh, par for the, the course, man. Par for the course these days. They're going to be an- the, the answer to a very tough trivia question in like thirty five years. Star Wars, Star Wars fans don't forget. <laughs> yeah, but we get old. Uh, yeah, disease sets in. But the budget has nearly doubled, and I think that is why you go get a, get a steady hand like Ron Howard. Like I think they had a pretty good idea that so much of this was going to have to get redone. You had they had to go get a pro. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's why so many people freaked out. But yes, you need the seasoned vet to come in and kind of save the day in a way. Like he he did he seemed like as cool as a cucumber throughout the entire shoot, man. Like he knew what he was doing. He saw the vision, saw what he needed to do. Well, and... I, I, I yeah, I mean, I think of course, and we always see him smiling on set. And he, you're right, he looked so relaxed. He looked like everything was well in hand. But and that's because he said, "If you want me to do this, <laughs> I'm pretty much starting over." And they said, "Okay." So yeah, the pressure was off. It was just now it's it's a Ron Howard movie. 
it's nice to know that we actually know this now as well, though, in a way. Like, I'm not surprised. I really did think it was going down that path. And, you know, we're not movie makers or anything like that, but we're not stupid either. Uh, the amount of time that it took them to to kind of get this thing together, and we just found out, what, not even two, three, four weeks ago, maybe, that they had finally wrapped. Like, that's, you know, we kind of figured at that point that they had done massive, massive reshoots. And, yeah, man, like you said, he was the guy to get it done, keep things on schedule. Um, like now you said, these uh, producers or investors, anyhow, are probably a little bit worried. And now to to multiply that worry is the fact that it's coming off the heels of the Infinity War, which I don't know. I anyhow, I don't want to talk numbers like that because you know I have a bias towards Star Wars, but I don't. I definitely don't think Han Solo is going to do as well as Infinity War. And no, it's, no, no, it, no, 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 no. It, <laughs> it's going to hurt because of that too, though. So it's interesting that they're still shooting for that timeline. I mean, they really seem adamant on keeping that timeline and another reason why they hired Ron Howard. So I don't know, Sanjay. Better prep that uh, Chewbacca suit. Oh, yeah, right. He's He's got a bet with the guys, right? Yeah, he was adamant on saying that there's no way that they'll like cannibalize themselves in that regard, right? It's the same company. But, you know, I think... The majority of these things probably make their money in those first two, three weeks, right? Absolutely. I mean, Infinity so, War might be a special case because it, that is that is beyond blockbuster. That is the you know part of the culmination of everything they've done. So that's going to be that's going to be one of the all time box office champs. That might be a top five, a top three, even. So, yeah, I mean that that thing's going to have legs, and it it will it will impact Han Solo for sure. But nobody had any illusions about Han Solo rivaling one of the saga movies people thought maybe it would do what rogue one does and it may or may not but i, I think it'll be in it's definitely going to be in that ballpark oh you guys want to you, yeah, wanna, you guys want to put your your uh your pins in and and uh, make a claim i think it does better than rogue one see that's the thing i think it's going to do worse than rogue one which i, oh, wa- yes. I wanted to i bet i wanted to do i wanted to do better but i just think with all the circumstances at hand now and the, the time of the year Dude, more people knew know. about it. People didn't even know what Rogue One was. They thought it was the next cha- saga movie. This has <laughs> all been free. Ad- this has all been free advertising. Uh, I I'm gonna say it falls short of Rogue One, but not by much. I think you know Rogue One did just over a billion. I think this is gonna do like nine hundred and twenty million total. I'm gonna not put a number. I'm just gonna say I think it does more. I'm gonna say seven eighty. So, oh, ooh, 780. It's going to flop. Okay. All right. <laughs> Imagine well, a, a movie that pulls a in 780, a flop. <laughs> but you know what? If it does that, if it does do that number, you will have those uh, anti, anti-Disney anti uh, just or anti-Star Wars people going, oh, that's it. The Star Wars fatigue has set in, and it shows at the box office. Nobody wants to see Han Solo, even though the movie pulled in $780 million. What's the budget at now? Because the first, like, even Rogue One was like a $200 million budget, I believe. And if this is a doubled budget of its original budget, so. Oh, yeah. This is three, four hundred million? Yeah, yeah. Easy. Three, four (sighs) hundred million bucks easy. It's going to make its money back. There's no question about that. It's just, it's just whatever, you know, whatever the shareholders had projected. That's, you know, that's kind of where the, uh, you take the punches. But it's okay. Eventually they're going to have one that doesn't quite measure up. Uh, but still, I, I still think it's going to push a billion. It might do better. I mean, we're going to get a trailer at some point, maybe with The Last Jedi. And it's, I, I think it's going to look really good. Maybe that'll that'll help. 
And I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing movie as well. So much, so much material to go over in this movie, and oh man, I'm I'm pretty stoked for that as well. Absolutely. Okay, um, James, you want you want to sprinkle in something else here? Why it's funny you should say that. We got something in here from San Diego. Ooh. There's music with this one. Hey guys, it's Steve from the San Diego Sabres radio podcast. From the depths of my heart, congratulations on Tumbling Saber episode 100. Now I was asked to talk about my favorite Tumbling Saber moment, but if I'm to truly honor the legacy that Tumbling Saber has created, then I have no choice but to take a page out of Corey's playbook. Let's be honest, it is kind of hard (laughs) to narrow down a single greatest moment. You guys have such great chemistry and brilliant discussions. I have to admit... Every episode I've listened to has several moments that literally make me laugh out loud. Thankfully, I'm usually in the car alone, so I'm not embarrassing myself. That said, I think one of my favorite things about the show... The loophole. It's so fun (laughs) listening to Kyle try and corner Corey with a question that he can't loophole. And to be fair, Kyle, you've gotten so good at trying to corner him with your questions. But that Corey, he's a sneaky one. No matter Don't how Kyle it. tries to phrase it, Corey always finds a loophole. Thank you guys for putting in all the time you do and making all the Tumbling Saber episodes happen. Please keep it up. It's amazing work. I can't wait to see what the next hundred episodes hold for us. Long live the Commonwealth, and may the Force be with you. Steve! That was awesome, dude. That's, seriously. I love me loop some loopholes, and I love that you love me some yourself some loopholes. <laughs> you almost talked yourself into a really awkward situation there, Corey. <laughs> yeah, give me a sec. Watch this. One hundred. Oh baby. boy. Oh nice, boy. Nice. Oh, it's it's only uh, it's only ten twenty. It's a respectable ten twenty. I'll I'll let this that uh, beer go. Nah, that is respectable. And and uh, again, thank you so much for uh, for the voice love, guys. I mean, I have to say we reached out. Um, Corey and I did like a week ago. And it, it poured in. I was hoping for like two or three voicemails. I'm like, ah, you know, if any standout moments. And people were like, I'm on it. Let me let me hit you up. When do you need this by? And it's just, well, you hear what's coming in. I mean, it's it's pretty flattering stuff. Yeah, it That's is. Awesome. It really is. <laughs> we have some pretty awesome uh, friends here. Thank you, Steve. And and you guys keep up the good work too. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, you know, with considering the, the Nietzsche topic, I, I love the show. I don't know how you guys break down lightsaber techniques. I always just see it as guys swinging at each other. But, um, yeah, you guys have, have turned it into a science and an art. So my hat is off. And thank you, Steve, again. Thank you. Okay, last bit of news. Um, Kathleen Kennedy hinting at the future of Star Wars movies. Uh, this on the Star Wars show last week. And, uh, Corey, I don't, I don't know what you're going to think about this, but... You know, these could always be considered offhand comments with her being on the spot, but she specifically referenced Ray Poe and BB-8, and you know, I, I don't know how I don't have the actual quote, but she made it very clear that they're thinking about you know, the next era of movies featuring Ray Poe and BB-8. And again, they could be throwaway comments. Um, Those were not throwaway comments. I watched that video clip. She was talking about things she'd thought about. It, it seems a lock to me that that these characters are going forward into, I don't know if it's going to be a new saga or standalones, 
but these characters are they're, they're going ahead with these characters on screen that, that to me is a lock Th- those ones make it out too of the trilogy those ones don't die now are, are you disappointed to know that i mean okay i'm not going to say we know that for sure but are you disappointed that maybe they've tipped their hand yeah a or, little i'm surprised I have, to, I have to agree with that there it is a bit surprising isn't it i mean i you know if you'd asked me do you think ray makes it out of the trilogy i would say absolutely if you ask me the same thing about Poe, I'd say, eh, maybe. I could see Poe being one of the guys to pay the price. Or Finn. Or Finn, There was no sure. mention of Finn, was there? No, but she, yeah. She, I mean, she's not going to... And this is where, you, I guess, you can get technical, technical with it, right? Semantic. Well, he, she didn't say Finn. She didn't say uh, R2. So, or, she didn't say Luke. So is Luke. does that mean Luke's dead? I, I think she's just trying to expedite the conversation. But uh, it seems this cast of characters is definitely plowing ahead into another saga or set of standalones set after this current trilogy. What do you think? I'd say, first of all, like I love Kathleen Kennedy and her hands-on approach. Uh, She has such a great understanding of what star Wars is. And I'm super curious and open to seeing what they're willing to do with these characters in the future. But at the same time, I I do have some reservations about it. Like, I don't know necessarily if I want to see a Poe Dameron standalone, right now anyhow you know what i mean like granted i think it's really uh it's obvious that they're going to be mulling this stuff over like that these are the characters that are laying the foundation for the for star wars to move forward so for sure they're going to be talking about what they want to do with them right let me interject do you think you would have wanted a han solo standalone movie after no i have only a new hope we haven't even seen empire yet Exactly. Like, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Like, even now, like, it's kind of uh, hypocritical to say, like, that because there's the Han Solo movie, right? But I don't know. It's been there, – there's some time in between there. So, I, I don't know. It just really depends how they play their cards. It depends what happens with their characters. Uh, it depends on so many things. But when I look at it, like, standalones and stories out this saga, like, taking these characters in different directions kind of – Makes me a bit uneasy. Like, I'd like to see these characters contained in the saga uh, universe, so to speak. But that's just for now. Like, I, I don't know where they're going to take it. You know what I mean? Like, they have so many possibilities to, within this, this galaxy that, I don't know, it's just, I don't know. We know we're moving forward with them. We know we're moving forward with them, and they do have plans with them at this point, which is, it's the interesting way I see it, the way You know, the way I kind of look at this is... You look at this 30-year gap that we just that we have now between Jedi and TFA. Do, do you really think that if it was any way possible for Lucasfilm to fill that gap with movies, they could, but they just can't because you know the, the three mains are too old and recasting is too contentious. Uh, you don't have time to do that without sacrificing future stuff. So the, I mean, they're not going to do that now. We have the new Han, Luke, and Leia, and they're called Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yeah, and they're not going to make the same mistake. They're going to they're going to continue the story while they have the actors under contract at the right age. Yeah, that makes sense. They're gonna, this this is license for them to print billions, <laughs> and I know that's sort of the way we don't want to look at this as oh, it's, you know, this is integrity and Star Wars story, and they got to do what's right, and they I think they will, but at the same time, there are people that expect them to crank out billions, and this is a very it's now become a very bankable way for them to do that. They, we love these characters, and they're they're gonna just 
keep going forward with them. I don't, I don't know. Like we could very well have Daisy Ridley with us doing Star Wars movies on and off for the next 40 years. That is not out of the question to me. All right. Anything else you guys want to say there? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's just still, it still kind of makes me uneasy. Like I'd, I'd really like to see these, these characters contained, even if they start a new saga starting from, if they have to start from one again, like I've said it many times before, cool 12, 13, 14, 15, I don't know, but, they could use those characters still and not make it part of this saga, but start a new saga or a new movie. You know, as long as they're kind of together, I, I guess I don't mind. Like a like the band, the group, like the original three, like uh, like Leia, Luke, and and Han in a way. You know what I mean? But well, uh, you know, something I, I think that maybe is already sort of in effect, and I think is an avenue they could go down is to phase out episode numbers and just refer to the titles. So there'll be no more episode eight. It's just going to be called Star Wars: The Last Jedi. You don't, you, they won't maybe refer to it in that way anymore. So you could just keep calling, just cranking out Star Wars movies, almost like James Bond, James Bond Thunderball, James Bond Doctor No, James Bond you know, Skyfall. Yes, that is possible. But if they're numbering this saga, then there needs to be a resolution and a conclusion to it. Then for it to move forward, and you can do what you want after that. But yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, Looks I, like they're I, anyhow. For- I think nine will be. I mean, nine will be the end of the Skywalker saga, and they'll pick up some thread that is left dangling from Episode Nine, whatever that may may be. Even this film it seems like they're opening all kinds of doorways for this thing well, to exactly. move forward. That that's you know I, again I've broken record, but I've been calling the Last Jedi the, the the fork in the road for Star Wars. This is going to be, I think, the bedrock upon which future Star Wars stories are told. Now, whether they're set in the unknown regions or wild space, or I don't know. But uh, I, I think the concepts introduced in The Last Jedi will be the stuff that they build future movies on. Okay. Um, James, what, you want to sprinkle in one more delicious morsel in there before we take a little break? Yeah, we, we haven't heard from a train engineer yet tonight, have we? <gasps> Ooh, I've been waiting for this I one. would like to. All right, guys. One, one Mr. Matt Keegan coming your way. Hello, Tumbling Saber. Matt here. Well, 100 episodes. Congratulations on such an amazing achievement, guys. Now, I've been listening to you for just over a year now, and I've laughed along with all your wacky Canadian antics. I mean, who could forget such classic quotes as, Ouch, my cat just assaulted me. What a turd, from episode 61. (laughs) Or the time Kyle told Corey to stop making James all tingly. Or Corey's logic in such statements as, You were young, Kyle, and so was I. Now I've cried with laughter at Corey's boating tales, yarns which would rival Herman Melville, or the spontaneity which blooms such gold as Gonk's Gone Wild. My kids and I have marvelled at the word skills of your own follicle wizard, James, as he stepped up to Rob Wade in the rap battle to end all rap battles. Who could forget the humbling experiences of loyal listeners being knighted, including that of my own? I know my parents never dreamed I would be knighted by three drunken, hockey-loving Canadians, and nor would they care. But we care, us listeners out here craving those funny accents each and every week. We know no satiety for the shows that Kyle and co put together. There are so many reasons to be glad I have ears, to hear my children laugh, to listen to great music, to hang my reading glasses on, but the greatest sounds that ever enter my ear holes is the almost understandable accents of the Tumbling Sober Show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man, that is awesome. That, that is awesome. Spoken like a true... 
novelist. That was unbelievable, Mr. That was Kigo. Great. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Nor That's would they I, care. I he love says. our listeners so much, man. <laughs> our friends, Corey. How many times do I have to tell you they're our friends? They're not listeners. They're not pieces of meat. We do have You're listeners, right. but the, these ones certainly are have have crossed over into the friend uh, category. Man, these yeah. are just the great, friend zone. Great messages, guys. Matt, that that <laughs> one, that one gets better every time I listen to it too. That's a really good one. Well, uh, talk about Junior. Either, either he's got a, an insane memory, or he went back and episode sixty one. I'm gonna go check it out. He could be totally bluffing. None of us would, would possibly I'm not check. know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know what's funny? Like I always say that. I don't remember what we talk about on the shows, and I completely, absolutely mean that. But and when he brings it up, only now do I go, "Oh my god, and that happened." <laughs> but anyway, like I said, spoken like a true novelist, and I'll take this opportunity to uh, mention November twenty second as the drop date for Matt Keegan's opus called Hindsight, which is based on a story by our again good friends. Mark and Paul from TSW. So uh, I've got my pre-order done. I know a bunch of people listening already have done that as well, but uh, go support our friends, man. These guys wrote a freaking book, a book. <laughs> and, and it's not Matt's first. And it's, nope. it's not Matt's first. Did, um, did you see the post? One of Keegan's books, someone's posting it on eBay for 1300 something bucks. Yeah. His mom. His first, his first. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I know. I, I saw, I saw. That's incredible. It is. It's like, uh, it's the hardcover. And I, if you read through the comments, we won't spend too much time here. Sorry, Kyle. I know you want to get moving, but uh, <laughs> one of his buddies is like, shit, I lost mine. He's like, what? You turkey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was the hardcover too. But um, like, do novels trade at that level? I mean, I don't know if about... it's, it's, it's asking price, it's because... right? So is it like, is it that particular version got really rare? So someone's like, just sort well, of someone, asking someone whatever. Asked the guy, someone asked the guy, like, why are you selling it like that? And, I think it's kind of in the sense that, this, like, he believes in Keegan in the sense that this guy's going to be big, and I'm pretty much one of the ones with the only copy. So buy it now before this guy kind of explodes. Got Whatever it. the okay. story is, man, that's pretty cool. That is awesome. And uh, Kigo, man, that my head is off, man. That is awesome. Thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for for everything, man. For the levity, for for your uh, verboseness. You know, there's no you point were... in thanking him. He can't understand you through that accent. That's true. <laughs> Good eye, mate. Okay, uh, let, guys, let's let's take a break, uh, and we'll come back. And we'll, we've got a special package here from Ads, Ooh. and we'll get to that when we come back. Evening, boys! Your one hundredth episode. Congratulations! What an achievement! So I thought. I chuck a few questions your way. The first one, it's a bit of a tumbling saber classic. It's a would you rather. So, Kyle, Corey, would you rather play a stormtrooper in every future Star Wars film until you die, or play a supporting character in a one-off film with your own action figure? Guaranteed. So that's the first question. The second one, which Star Wars Rebels scene or scenes would you want to see as one-off live action clips with no expense spared? And which Star Wars film so far 
would you want to see in animated form? So I'm pretty certain it's going to be an action-packed show. So have a great one. Enjoy all the recognition that I'm sure is coming your way. And there goes ads once again. Ads, thank you again, again, (laughs) so much for everything you've done for us. The support, the questions, week after week, uh, the encouragement, the feedback, the friendship. Um, You are one of the most powerful friends there could possibly be. And uh, the A-team music. The A-team. Damn. This epic set of questions. Um, we are, are, you know, it goes without saying, we are very, very lucky to have you part of this group. Um, but also, I'm going to have to just give this thing a little slice. We're going to have to take a look at what's in this package that Ed's ad sent over. I'm very, you know, this thing's been staring at me for the last week and change, and I have no clue what's in here. What's in the box? It's, pretty, it's not a box. It's a, it's an envelope, padded envelope. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. I was pretty curious. I'm, I'm glad you had the willpower, Kyle. Well, I mean, it's it's explicitly written on the box. I didn't try to loophole this, Corey, on the envelope. Don't open until episode 100. I lo- I lost my will this week. Uh, James and I, we, like we said, we'd put forth uh, to our powerful friends and stuff if they could, and colleagues, you know, if they could put forth something or whatever, and everyone was like, yeah, I want it. And then early on in the week, James was like, this is gold. This is awesome. And I was like, yeah, hook me up. And he was like, okay, like, uh, do you want blah, blah, blah. Then by the, like, by like Thursday, I was like, yes, yeah, send me some of these clips. I have to hear them. And he was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ad sent us a card, an R2 <laughs> dome. All right. So let me, let me, let me read this here. Dear Kyle and Corey, and I'll put James in there as well. Congratulations. So this would be all caps. Congratulations on your 100th Tumbling Saber episode. It has been and is a privilege to be a small part of your fantastic show. Between the two of you and James, this show has helped awaken Star Wars in me again. So thank you. I shall raise a porg to the next 100. All the best ads. And that's not all that he sent. And guys, this is incredible. What he has sent us a couple copies of Royal Mail stamps. So if I don't know if you've seen these in Oh man. Ads. That's awesome. This is cool, man. What, what is it? That's it's, amazing. It's, the stamp, it's a UK a set of stamps in the UK of uh The Last Jedi. I mean it's got it, I mean it's not, not not just Last Jedi, but there's a, a Maz stamp, a Chewy, Snoke, a Porg stamp. There's a Porg stamp! BB-8, R2, C-3PO, and K-2SO. This stamp set is absolutely gorgeous. I remember when they, they started promoing it, and I was like, oh, we're never going to get that here. Maybe we would. I don't, maybe a, a Commonwealth thing, like the actual you know, British Commonwealth thing that Canada's a part of, would have uh, enabled I, us to get those. But Pretty sure that's the other one. We're the actual, they're the other one. But anyways, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but as, uh, this is amazing, dude. This is so cool. Like. I, you know, I, I was going to look into getting myself these no matter what, uh, but now they're here. This is Ads, incredible. That's so cool, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Ads. That's amazing. What a dude. This is unbelievable. Wow. Pictures, Corey. Uh, Kyle, send us pictures. I, yeah, seriously. I will do that. Well, next time we get together, I'll, I'm, I'm going to bring them with me. Yeah, also send us pictures. Okay. <laughs> I want to I get as excited as you are right now. I, I'll, I'll take care of that a little bit later. Sounds good. All right, so Ad sent us a, a trio of questions here. 
so the first one I think is the one that's going to tied me up in knots for a while. It made me feel like there's there it, there is no good answer, or they're both good answers, but the the one that you leave on the cutting room floor is going to haunt you forever. Uh, but would you rather a role as a stormtrooper in each Star Wars movie for as long as you can manage to do it, or a one-off background character in one movie, but you get an action figure out of it, a character name and stuff like that? So, uh, Corey, I'm going to throw this one at you first. I want to see how you tried to loophole this, and uh, let's, let's see what you got. Well, you kind of got me there. I was kind of hoping James would go first, but uh, either way, you can really honestly make a living off either of these choices, which is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, classic would you rather. Got to give you guys the classic loophole as well. So, uh, okay, here it goes. He, the trooper, uh, to be in every movie would be so awesome. Like, he'd be a background character, but at a well, point... A, a I, trooper's not even a background character. He's they're, they're cannon fodder. Yeah, but I mean, if this is the same trooper going in and out, no, it, no, it oh. doesn't say same trooper, just a trooper. Yeah, you're just I think but you're tr- just a random trooper. Either way, to, to be a part of the production would be amazing. Just all those productions. But I'll kind of, I don't know, trooper, you know, but I'm still going the theme that it's the trooper, not a trooper. It's the same trooper throughout all of these. No, that's, uh, that's option B, where you get to be a character. You don't get to be a character in option A, Corey. We're going to hold you to this. Nice try. <laughs> It's okay. You can wriggle. Way, <laughs> you can squirm. It's still happening. You know me. I, either way. No, the, the hook that, is set. You're is. not wiggling off the hook. I've already done that. You're like a dumb <laughs> sunfish that swallows the hook. <laughs> it's it's the same trooper. So at a point, either way, you, you know me. I'm going for the fortune and glory in the long run. I have to have my own character, my own toy. It's too amazing to pass up having your own toy. Like he, he said that, but... This, so option the part, B. The thing is, okay, Mike, answer well, then. Well, hang on. The, the, the loophole is <laughs> in both scenarios. Uh, you really, you know, that that trooper just, just goes throughout the whole saga. Like he just becomes a fan favorite, and uh, oh. to appease the masses at one point. And in either case, even if I become that one, Boo. that one off guy, yeah, it's, uh, I'm getting my own standalone. No, oh my and, god. Uh, yeah, but yeah. in either case, that's what it comes to, man. The, the, the trooper gets a standalone. He's like, you know, you have to appease the masses, and this is what the people want. So, so there's going to be some heavy doing. editing around the minute 23 mark. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, it leads to my first Oscar. You know, it'd be um, amazing. But I, I do have to go with the uh, the one-off hero scenario just because toy guaranteed. But either way, like I said. You heard me. Well, geez, why, why stop there, Corey? There's been a Stormtrooper <laughs> character for every movie. So you could say that your character is, you've got hundreds of your character. No, it's just this one guy that survives it all. And they're like, man, this poor Stormtrooper deserves a bigger story. Look at him. He's so awesome. Yeah, he's called Finn. We have that story. This this story's different. <laughs> And yeah, the the fish can't spit the hook out. There we go. James, I love it. James, what, I got, what do you I got to say, Corey, I would be disappointed if you didn't answer like that. So well done, um, <laughs> Oscar, you, Oscar winning performance. Man, you you by a stormtrooper. You twit. Um, okay, so you, <laughs> I have to agree with Corey. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, about the part where you you need a little fame out of it. If you're if you're a random, I I 
for me anyways, if you're random, it's true that you'd get all the on-set experience stuff, um, which is amazing. But I think I think it'd be more fun to do the circuits and and uh, and do the like the signings and the conventions. And I think you get a whole lot more of that with your own character. So for that reason, I think it'd be more fun um, to be option B. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, as much fun as it would be to be on set, like long hours, you know, you get that inside perspective. I'm not, I'm not downplaying how awesome it is, but there are a couple of negatives that I just don't see in option B, like wearing that heavy suit for eight hours, 10 hours, whatever it is, like long days, sweating it out. Um, you don't have that in option B. You just get to go to conventions and make people happy. And, and there's also the chance, I think, as a stormtrooper, you can't see really well on that helmet. You may not know as you're shooting the scene. Again, I've never been on set. I don't know. But I think there's a decent enough chance, you know, that once they get done with the editing and whatever, you know, adding adding effects, you may not know which trooper is you. Maybe you might be able to recognize your own, uh, you know, your own walk or your own body language. You might be able to detect, ah, that's me. That That's for sure. That's me. I knew there was a guy to my left and some. You might be able to identify yourself, and but Corey there's a chance would, that you don't know. Corey will have painted something on himself so he can pick himself out. Exactly. I'm the stormtrooper <laughs> with the red rainbows. <laughs> I, 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 I scratched an X into my, 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 you know, my shoulder pad or something. I, mean, I, I think that's, <laughs> I a, a, that's a very real possibility that you wouldn't know which trooper is you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also going... Uh, with the identifiable one-off character, even if, if it's a background character, I, I'll get a name, I'll get an action figure, and like you said, James, when you go do the convention circuit as as either your primary gig or you know, your side hustle to you know, pay the bills, I, you know, I think you see this a lot in the UK, where a lot of these the veterans of Star Wars movies, uh, someone like Paul Blake, who who was Greedo in A New Hope, if you had the choice to go talk to Greedo. Or go talk to I can you know there's there's guys who have been like random stormtroopers, who do these conventions. Who are you gonna so go talk I'm the to? The guy who bumped bumped my head in a New Hope. <laughs> no, but for sure no, you want a character. Like, there are guys. For sure. Like I'm I'm sorry I'm going to go talk to Paul Blake over the guy who was in that scene in a New Hope as a stormtrooper. There's for only sure. so much he's gonna be able to tell. So, um, you know, if you chose option A to go as a trooper, and you do it for 30, 40 years. Yeah, it, it'd be awesome. Like you'll get to see a hell of an evolution in Star Wars and movie making, uh, all kinds of turnover in the cast. But you might only be on set for a couple hours before you're you sent packing again. Who knows? So yeah, um, the you know the depth of interaction as that background character. You might be on set for a couple weeks. Like when we spoke to Anna Maria Leonte, I you know I I can't even pick her out on screen, but she was on set for two three weeks. You can't replace that. She's still waiting on her action figure, but she, her character has a name and it wasn't lots of uh, supplemental materials. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm that background character for sure. You can, you can trade on that name for a long time. Yeah, I like it. I, I like that your, your both your stormtroopers don't rise through the ranks like mine did. But stormtroopers don't rise through the ranks. <laughs> At one point they do. You don't know. Once a stormtrooper, always a stormtrooper. You might get to be squad leader. And you're... Yeah, maybe they paint you in chrome. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. 
eventually you get old. They load you into an airlock and they open it and you get sucked out into space. And that's it. You're done. So question two for ads. What scene from Rebels would you like to see carried over to live action? I, I got to start with you, Corey. Uh, okay, well, let, let's just say, first of all, that, man, animation lends itself so well to this this art, the art of Star Wars. Uh, you can be so bold visually with animation. Uh, but when I really started thinking about the question, I was like, hmm. You know, what lends itself, what would I like to see in live action? I guess for the most part, it, it started to, I started to veer toward li- uh, toward action sequences. Um, I think I'm going to say first and foremost, my, my number one would have to be Twilight of the Apprentice. God there's damn just you. So much going on. Yeah, there's just so much in the, going on in that episode from the opening of temples to the saber battles throughout the general storyline, but it all boils down to Ahsoka Vader. Uh, the visuals behind that would be really hard to pull off um, live action. And I, I just love to see that. There's just so much going on. But I, I got a few others here too, like Path of the Jedi. Like when I started to like try and think of something other than action, Path of the Jedi, it's like a, a nightmarish episode where Ezra is just having a, a force-induced vision kind of in the temples. So there's that vision uh, that like kind of Luke walking into the tree and having that vision kind of deal throughout an entire episode, which was pretty interesting uh, ends up getting a Kyber crystal out of the mess. And again, them opening temples like that. I would love to, we haven't seen that on uh, in live action on the screen yet. That would be really cool. Like the way they do that in, on Lothal is would be pretty epic. Like you see this kind of, not a mountain, but it's kind of like a bit of a hill, a rock hill, and it kind of just comes spiraling out of the ground to reveal a door. And even the second time they visit it as well, it come, keeps going, and there goes the doorway, and it just keeps going up, and they, they had reached, like, level two. Like, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, you're getting to, like, Doctor Strange Inception level effects at that point, which would look crazy. It would be awesome. Um, or like an introduction to Bendu as well. Just lastly for me, like a character like that on screen, live action would be pretty intense. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go there, but yeah, I suppose. James, what do you got? Remember the first time they showed Vader on Rebels and he and he like just toys with that walker? Basically oh, like the first time like yeah, when the first time that he meets Kanan and Ezra. Yeah. I, I think for me And they did good against him, man. They did. They did well, Corey. They did well against him. <laughs> Correct. Um, they done did good. There was something very, very uh, intimidating about Vader in that scene. Like I haven't felt that way about Vader since I was a little kid. Like I felt I was more afraid of him in that scene than I was in Rogue One, for example. Um, and I'd lo- interesting. Like I, I thought there was something very powerful about uh, the stillness and how how calm he was in that scene. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that like is a great scene. The- the way Kanan's face just smacks that cargo container, a smack, and then he's out cold, and he starts pushing Ezra's saber back onto himself. Like, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great scene because here's here's our two heroes who have absolutely nothing against Vader, and you know it, and they know it. That, I think that's what makes it more tense is that both Kanan and, and Ezra just want to they, escape. They're like, we got to get the out of here. Yeah, we can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do anything against this guy. He's he's too powerful. Kanan, what was that? 
yeah, that, that, that's that's a good choice. Um, my choice was also um, Twilight of the Apprentice, selfishly because that that would mean a, a live action Ahsoka, uh, but just you know to not go there again. Um, I don't know the name of the episode, but the one where Kanan was trying to ditch Ezra as an apprentice, and they kept talking about Master Unduli who might still be alive and she's being held in, in uh, that, that. Oh Imperial yeah. Yeah. Prison. Yeah. yeah. And they had her, they had like her, the first, essence. Uh, her, yeah, her the inter- corpse of her. Uh, I don't know if it was like a apparition of her, mm-hmm. a hologram. They had a hologram and, and her body. Uh, that's the first introduction of the inquisitor, the grand inquisitor. That, that episode, I would like to see that kind of put to live action. Cause that would, that would be dark and creepy and moody. And like just that, that scene on the edge like the, the access point where they get into that into the uh, prison, like on that sheer rock wall, that would be a pretty damn cool sequence. I like that. So that that, that was my my plan B, and plan C was back to B was a B wing with Hera, uh, wings on the wings of the master. Yep. I I would just like to see that sequence or put to live wings action. Wings of the commander, wasn't it? Wings of the commander. No, I can't remember. Something like that. The, the one where they first fly that B-Wing prototype. And yeah, the B-Wing, that, that, that just refocused and reframed the B-Wing for me. Like that became, that, that rose to the, the top of my charts almost. I would just like, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see B-Wings in action again. We'll have to settle for those janky speeders in, in The Last Jedi. But yeah, I would love to see Hera taking an actual B-Wing with today's computer effects and taking that zipping through the clouds and through that mountain range. That would be superb. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Uh, Ad's final question. What Star Wars movie would you want to see carried over to animation? This is, it's almost blasphemous, but still pretty cool. Uh, uh, James, I'll let you run with this one first. Um, I, I, I loopholed this so I didn't have to be blasphemous. <laughs> I think I'll, the I'll end, allow it. I think the Endor uh, Battle for Endor movie would be perfect for animation. My kids would love it, and I, I and I think the bad guy. I can't remember what they call it now. The shoot, that's gonna bug me. Um, but whatever the bad guy is was, which was terrible, awful, awful spider thing that they had in in uh, the live action one could be actually be intimidating and and well done in animation. I think almost those movies are. Maybe should have been animated in, in the first place, right? I didn't even think of those, but yeah, Sindel <laughs> and and uh, and Mace. Yep, yep, yep. That's a, that's a pretty good call. All right, Corey, what did, what, did, what? How do you want to see this go? Well, it's kind of interesting. Like right right off the bat, I think my mind went instantly to Return of the Jedi for Ewoks. I guess like that's just the first thing like off the cuff that came to my mind. And then I was like, Oh, it can't be that easy. Let me think about it. And I'm like a new hope can't be, it's just too drawn out to be in animation. Again, depending on the genre of animation this is, but I'm just kind of taking it from like a an average standpoint. It's not like anim- anime or anything. Uh, so then I said, Oh, well, empire would work pretty well, like with the visuals and all that stuff. And, you know, one Hoth at the beginning and Dagobah, then uh, the climax you know, on Bespin and Cloud City. That would that would look pretty cool in animation. I'm like, that's still a little too deep for a child. And it's almost like I had a prequel block going on here. But 
uh, once I started thinking about that, I was like, the obvious answer would have to be the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it was animated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All the right. scenes that you're thinking about that are going to look great are animated. The Gungan City, the droid battle, all that stuff was animated. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, it's just, again, the, the kid aspect to it, the pod race, like you said, uh, the Gungans, all of it kind of lends itself more to the animation that I'm seeing right now where it's not so much like a, a plus 14 version, but a general audience version. I have to agree that of the prequels, or even of all the live-action trilogy movies, I think I agree with you, Corey, that that one probably animates the best. Word. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I thought, of course, I thought about each of the movies and which ones would I would I like to see, and I kept then cutting over to the Clone Wars and going, "There's my prequels animated," so uh, I, you know, I, I get my itch scratched there. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna border the blasphemous. I, I want to see a New Hope animated, shot for shot. You don't have to do anything to it to uh, change or retcon, uh, but you know, I think it might be nice for the 50th anniversary, just to give us a, a wild interpretation of A New Hope in an animated format. Ooh, Sin City, like, graphic novel style. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, don't if change the do story. It. Don't make us, you know, don't blow our minds with, oh, does that, you change that, does that mean this? Don't do not do that. Just give it a fresh coat of paint. Something completely new, uh, yet the story stays the same. Um, I like to see cell drawings for that as well, not computer... Yeah, totally. Stuff, like. Totally. Like, you know, again, something something I've harped on for a while, the the Obi-Wan Vader fight. You can now you can now free up that fight. You can take away the fact that it was you know, a, a lying through his teeth David Prowse. He had no idea what he was doing and an old Alec Guinness. You can take the, that those two ingredients out of it and recombine it with, you know, great animation and great voice work uh and put together something that looks like it fits. But even at that, you 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 can agree that Obi Wan knew going on to that place that he wasn't leaving, right? Like he was pretty much like, hey, "I'm probably force ghosting out of here." Well, yeah, probably. I mean, he sent Luke pack and he said, "You're not coming with me. Your destiny's on a different path than mine." Yeah, I don't. I I think Obi Wan maybe thought that. He, yeah, maybe maybe he thought that he was not leaving there. But there, of course, there was he had that visions that version of the script where Obi Wan did survive. So, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, I th- I think that would be pretty damn rad. I'd love to see that. And done. again, it, it it all depends, like you guys said, on the the style of animation, like the that artist really for lends, sure. Yeah, like things like that are really interesting. Like the Animatrix, for example, or uh, there was a uh, I think it was called Gotham Knights. It's all different directors, different animation styles. So that's interesting too. You know, like. I don't always want to necessarily see computer animated stuff. Like, I'd like to see some cell drawn. Uh, like, you guys have seen this. I've only seen it in GIFs, really, but like a kind of like a Japanime version of Star Wars. Like, that stuff looks intense. Yeah, I don't know. It does. You're right. Uh, there was, yeah, like an X Wing TIE Fighter b- battle sequence. I've seen that. I don't know that I'd want that for a whole movie. I don't know what style I would want, to be honest with you, but I do know that. I think that something like that for A New Hope, for the 50th, might be a cool, for lack of a better word, consolation prize. If we're not going to get, and I don't really care to get, to be honest with you, uh, the original cut, 
the one that so many people want to have, like the the pre-special edition stuff, uh, if we're never going to get that, then take what we do have and and do do some kind of different interpretation with it. There you go. So ads. <laughs> uh, broken record, but thank you, sir. Thank you for again for for the questions for this set of stamps. Incredible collectible here. Uh, and again, thank you for everything. This, it, it, your input, support, encouragement means the world to us, man. All right, James. So, do you want to slip uh, slip something else here in the cracks before we get to Bradley? Well, well, well. Here we are, a hundred bloody episodes. I can't say I'm surprised. You guys are wonderful, and you deserve all the plaudits that are going to come your way today, and of which I have no doubt that there are plenty. I still think back to those heady days when you just had the one show and the three people, and now you have a team of six, maybe more, who keeps track. And now you probably have one podcast for every day of the week. Not literally every day of the week. That would be massive amounts of effort, which is, you know, would require some full-time investment. But, you know, the, the, the point is, the point of what I'm trying to say is that I love you guys. Um, my fondest memories of the show naturally are the ones with me involved, whether that's my two appearances at the commiserate, Commiseration Europe and Commiseration Orlando shows with you guys, had a ton of fun doing those, and the Commonwealth Invitational with James, and hearing the back and forth across the shows was something I never thought I would see and something I will keep with me for as long as my memory will allow. So um, congratulations on your milestone, guys, and here's to 100 more. Big Wicket out. Oh, Rob, we love you, man. We absolutely Bobby Wade. <laughs> You're my hero. Oh man, we love we love some Rob Wade here. And yeah, yeah I, I a, think I got a special place in my heart for some Rob Wade. Absolutely. No doubt. Absolutely. And he came up big on that, man. That's something I'll never forget. Well, you know, he he mentioned uh you know the, the times he's come on the show. And you know, I, I, I always say, and I mean it, that I forget what we talk about, but I totally remember having Rob on both times, and both are like top memories over the last couple of years. Oh, Absolutely. Clear as day. Clear as day. I remember exactly where I was while recording with Bobby Wade. It's funny. Me too. I know, like, because I, I, I've changed my, as you guys know, I've changed my desk in the studio, and it's not where it used to be. So, uh, but yeah, I totally remember where I was sitting, what I was like, it was, I mean, it was daytime for some reason it was a day show, I guess, cause, cause of the time change, but there yeah. was, there was light coming in the studio, which there never is. I remember telling my wife, oh, I have to, you know, record, uh, during the afternoon on this weekend to accommodate for the, for the time differences. And, uh, so I'm going to re- be recording for a couple hours on Sunday afternoon. Just, just a warning, you know, just we're planning this in advance. I'm giving you some heads up. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Four hours in, <laughs> we're still on Skype. We're still chatting away, and like she's looking at me, going, like, "Are you done yet?" And I'm like, "No, we're talking to Bobby Wade." <laughs> yeah, trust me, I, I, dude. I was separated at the time, and I was on the phone with you. Uh, I think I was like two and a half hour marker, and I'm just recording. And like you said, it's all light in the house. And I turn around, and my 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 wife is 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 in. My, my my house and I'm like, like what are you doing here and she's just like she's just shaking her head like like she, she like I told her what I was doing that day you know and she's like it's like looking at her watch like it's been like three hours she's like 
It's Bobby Wade. Don't you understand? Step off. Recognize. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, Rob, we love you, man. And uh, can't wait to have you back on the show. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a commiseration next time. Hopefully it's something a little else. Actually, you know what? Rob let it slip on Twitter that maybe he might be coming to MTL one of these days. It's, oh, yeah. It's not imminent, but uh, whenever that does happen, it's, it's, it's clear the calendar. Oh, man. That, that's going to be a, a, one heck of a world. It's, what's good about that information is that now I know I'm going to get to see a bunch of the sites in the city that as a Montrealer, you just neglect to go to over the years. Like I've been to them all. So true. But we'll go and we'll hit up all of those awesome, awesome places that are just, we take for granted. Absolutely. There's so many places. Yeah. There's so many places I have not ever been to and maybe we would take care of that. Yep. All right. Um, we got, we got, I guess we have some more clips, but we're running out of segments in the show here. Do you want to, you want to slip in another one, James? I think timing wise, this is perfect timing. I mean, uh, Talking about awesome people, I've got uh, Robert Cast with a message for the oh, crew. Baby. Oh baby, Mr. Cast, uh... he's the Cast man. Mr. Cast. Hey guys, it's Robert Cast from the TSW Roundtable slash Comics slash Roman Podcast, and I just wanted to send this brief message to congratulate you on reaching 100 episodes. Uh, it is an outstanding milestone, to say the least. And uh, what does 100 episodes mean to me? It means uh, consistency. It means you care. It means you have a love for what you're doing and a huge passion for what you do. And it shows every single episode. And again, I just wanted to say thank you for giving us all this awesome content week in, week out. And plus all the extra little goodies I get for being part of your Patreon community. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. And uh, here's to the next 200. Robcast. Thank you yeah, very man. much, man. Canadian boy. <laughs> I love this guy. I, I I wish I could talk about some of their podcasts here, the, the Roman Podcast, I mean, but I can't. We're, we're, we're a little... F- we could do it on Sith Disturbers, but we can't do it here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every time I listen to their show, I end up like something comes out of my nose. Like if I take a sip of tea at work, it ends up coming snorting out because something outrageous comes out of, out of their, their conversations. I, I are, love it. They are laugh out loud funny. And I, and they are particularly funny and I'm sure they're hilarious to everybody who listens, but they're particularly funny um, to me as a Canadian because they're, <laughs> there's just, there's something quintessentially Canadian about 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 their whole everything, their show, the way they speak, their humor. It's terrific. It's terrific. And Rob, uh, again, thank you so much for being part of this uh, this community. And we are, you know, both us and uh, TSW, we're all very fortunate to have you aboard. So thank you, sir. Thank you for your kind words. Yeah, man. All right, so let's move, let's move on to Bradley. He's he's taking a step away from the traditional email. And has sent us a voice clip. So let's let's have a listen to that, and we'll get back to answering his questions. Hey, Kyle and Corey, Brad here. Uh, deciding to change it up a little bit this week and leave you a voice message instead of uh, writing in my questions. Um, hope y'all guys have had a great week. Um, Want to congratulate you on 100 episodes. Uh, I know that's a pretty cool milestone to hit. And um, congrats there, and looking forward to the next 100. Uh, This week, um, 
I've got just one question and it deals with creatures, uh, monsters, and what is your top five uh, monsters, creatures in the Star Wars universe? Um, I'll give you mine. Obviously, with a lot of answers I give, I'm more of a, an, an original trilogy um, guy since I grew up in that era. Um, but here's my, my top five. Uh, five. Number five is the Wampa. Um, I always uh, loved that creature, um, the mysteriousness of him in the original cut of The Empire Strikes Back was pretty cool. Um, but in 97, when the, um, when the new releases came out with all the uh, added scenes, I think seeing... Uh, actually, though, that scene where they added it back in uh, and gave us more of the Wampa, I, I really don't mind. Um, a lot of the added scenes throughout the movies, I don't really care for all that much. Um, but this is uh, one specific little... Um, uh, addition that I, I do like, and I thought that, I thought it was done very well. Um, number four is uh, in Star Wars the Dianoga. Um, once again, I like this creature because of uh, it's mysterious. You don't know what exactly you're seeing and and what it is that our uh, our characters are up against when they're in the uh, trash compactor. Um, and I, I just love that, that character or that monster. Uh, number three, I'm going to go all the way back to the Phantom Menace. Um, love this scene where uh, they go to the planet core. So they're underwater. And we see the uh, Sandu Aqua Monster. Um, I love this creature. The moment I saw it, uh, uh, this creature, I just fell in love. I was like, "This, that is cool. That is scary." Um, and once again, it's it's got that uh, mysterious, um, you know, what is it? Where did it come from? Um, just crazy how big it is um, as it chomps down on the um, the the other creature uh, that's underneath the water. Uh, my second uh, favorite would be the bantha. I mean, one of my favorite characters or um, uh, creatures slash person, the Tusken Raiders, and this creature that they ride on, I think it looks really cool. I love the way um, it's designed. Sorry about that. I got a phone call. Um, I love, I just love the tusk. I love the hair. I love the size of it and how the the Tuscan Raiders jump on it and ride it. I just I love everything about it. It looks really cool. Um so that that's my number 2 and my number 1 um in all the Star Wars films is the Rancor. I love the Rancor. It is just the stop motion. I love that. I think it was so well done. It looks so cool. Um the way he just uh bites off the head of our Gamorrean guard is so cool. I just love everything about it. Um, and once again, it's surrounded by this mystery. You don't know, you know, what the heck this thing is. Um, they kind of build up to it when the, uh, 
you know, where we, where the uh, dancer falls down in there, and we don't actually see what it is that's that's going on. But then when Luke falls in, we get to see actually um, the creature itself, and so that build up I think is kind of surrounds why uh, also why I like uh, that creature and why it's my number one in Star Wars. So, got one question this week. That's it. Um, once again, I hope y'all have a great show. I look forward to it, as always. Um, and once again, I appreciate everything y'all have done. Um, congrats on the 100th episode. Talk to y'all guys later. Cheers. And there's Bradley. Sir, thank you yet again. Um, what can we say? Week in, week out, you're here for us, man. Giving us great, great questions to kick around. So let's... Let's do this uh, very rapid-fire roundtable style. I don't know if that's mixing two different styles that don't work, but uh, Corey, your top, Yo. your top five. I don't know. I don't know if you want to do this in. Does this, this need to be in any kind of order? Yeah, let's do the way Bradley do. Let's start with number five. All right. So breaking in number five. Let's, we don't need to go into too many details as to why. Let's just let's just fire them off. Uh, let's go with space slug. Space slug. Empire Strikes Back. Find it so cool that there's this creature just floating in an asteroid or a meter in space. Like, how does that happen? It happened. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. <laughs> and Jurassic Park enters the picture. Um, uh, James, good answer. You're five. I'm, I'm well. I'm going to take myself out of the rotation, sort of quickly, and let you guys go back and forth in saying that. I made my list as I listened to Bradley's question in the bathroom earlier today. In my head, as I listened, <laughs> I, I made my list in my head, and then he's like, "and and here's what I think." And then, no joke, our lists are identical, save for I would replace um, Phantom Menace uh, underwater monster with Ewoks. But beyond that, our lists are identical. Same monsters, same order. We we have very similar taste. Shocking! Are, I can't are believe Ewoks it. monsters. <laughs> Uh, Chuck Wendig might say so. I know they're sentient, so maybe they don't <laughs> quite qualify, but... He said know, creatures, too. It said creatures in the question. Well, it was more monsters, but uh, anyway. Pablo Hidalgo, once, I swear to God, I've told you guys this before, he once told me, I chimed in on a conversation between him and Steel Wars, uh, where Steel was asking if they actually ate stormtroopers, and I said it was the inspiration behind Yub Nub, and Pablo responded to me saying, yes, Yub... Yub means devour. Nub means your enemies. I know. That's why I put it in there, Corey, for you. <laughs> they are monsters, aren't they? Well, I, I know I also outlined Chuck Wendig's diatribe, his very vulgar diatribe about how Ewoks aren't cute and cuddly at all, that they're they're like murderers and absolute maniacs. But Vicious. Uh, I'm sure. That I think that one of the latest episodes of Forces of Destiny kind of. Uh... Yeah, Leia had to actually stop the Ewoks from eating stormtroopers. Yeah. And, like, Han, Han and Chu are kind of laughing about it in a way. And it was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was my favorite funny. thus far. All right, I'm giving my number five to a creature we've not yet really seen. I'm giving it to the Porg. Come on now. That's fair. Get the Porg mentioned in here. I may end up hating them. I highly doubt it. But they crack my list at top five. Sorry. I, I just, I, I, I adore these little creatures, and I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Eat it. Not the Porg, that is. Corey, number four. Um, let's go with Sando. Oh, the big, I like Sando the big too. Sando, huh? 
yeah, come on, man. Like, what's going on there? These, this guy's, there's always a bigger fish. It's, that was one of the cooler scenes of The Phantom Menace, I have to say. And seeing this guy, like, Godzilla-esque with the, you know, with the arms and stuff, it kind of makes me wonder if the the people, the populace of Naboo are aware of this thing, man. Do do they have their own Jaegers? Or their own, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I'm I'm sure they are aware. But, you know, that that is one of the scenes of, of The Phantom Menace that I don't like i i don't like that they went with this submarine and this big goober fish grabs them and then oh this big alligator looking thing grabs that and then the sando monster comes and eats that and i was like george are you doing this because you can now like and i you know uh, qui-gon's line there's always a bigger fish oh i get it i get it you're talking about palpatine where well, there's the wink but i always thought the whole thing was unnecessary it was too too much in your face, not subtle enough. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll, I will go to my number four. Uh, I'm going to go with the crate dragon, and I've not. I I think there's some canon reference material out there if you want to get a look at it, but I I don't know if I've seen it. But just that visual of the of the crate dragon skeleton in in the desert that is that's that's sort of for me an indelible shot from A New Hope. Just these skeletons of these massive beasts that used to hang around tattooing, or maybe still do. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's you know, Corey. I'll steal a word from you. It's it's a mystical thing. I, Does I don't Corey know what use these... the word thing. <laughs> what? What's that? Does Corey use the word thing? Oh, the, the M word out of Corey, the mystical. It it oh, doesn't mystical, stop. Yes, it's like it's yeah. like a waterfall out of his mouth. I like mystical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, number three. Uh, I'm sure I'm gonna go with the Wampa. I always kind of like that little bugger. Little bugger. Just the way, it, just the way he looks at Luke. Like when Luke starts squirming, like reaching for his saber and stuff, he's like, mm. he stands up, like, "What you doing over there, boy? <laughs> Is my food moving away?" Yeah, exactly. I know. And I kind of felt bad for him when his arm got cut off too. He was like, "Man, this hurts. Why? It wasn't supposed to go this way." Imagine if Luke had said, this is not going to go the way you think. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with number. My number three is the loth cat. I, I, I don't oh, think I know someone who's going to be happy with that answer. Are you talking about Corey? <laughs> no, I think, I think M's going to give you a big slap in the face by saying that <laughs> they're not monsters. They're creatures. That was... I really took this. I I really took this more in a monster perspective. Good for you. I'm putting a loth cat in. Maybe they will still be monstrous. And I, you know, I I want to kind of split this loth cat, loth wolf, but I can't. So I'm just going to go with the loth cat for now until we see more of the loth wolf. But they even into that, maybe I think the the loth wolf might be a, a tad too sentient for me. Uh, but the loth cat, for for obvious reasons, they're they're too cute. They're just too awesome. Um. All right, Corey, number two. Number two. Going to go with the Xylo Beast. Nice. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, Stone War, uh, <laughs> Clone Wars episodes. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know. Is that just, a Freudian slip? That. We'll see. <laughs> Do you need a break, Corey? No, I'm good. But I don't know. There's just so much behind that episode in the sense where you really see the, the Jedi's kind of, their da- not their downfall, but like, where they're kind of blind to things and I don't know, like it, it's really sad. Like this thing was pretty awesome. And 
you know, it's the last of its kind and it's super powerful. And I don't know, they just see the Jedi really losing their way. And it's another Godzilla kind of creature. I love it. Yeah. I like that. I like that episode. Um, so my, I, we're at number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Bantha. There's just, uh, there's just something about that creature. It just, it looks, it looks like it could be on earth, which I think is the point. And it, it just, it's so natural looking. It's like, I have, I have a, a Wampa from the power of the force two line. It's such a nice toy. It's awesome. I, I, I just love those creatures. It's too bad. These Tuscan Raiders have to ride them because they're asshats, but uh, they have some pretty nice uh, beasts of burden there. That's a nice connection. Nice drawback to like our own culture, well, our own planet. Kind of, they look like elephants or mammoths. The olifants. You kind of see that in LOTR. All right, finally, Corey. Drum roll, number one. I'm on the same page as Bradley. I'm gonna have to go with the Rancor just because he was a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Come on, look! Look how he broke Malachili's heart. Like for sure, they had a huge bond. He, I could see him like being such a dope, like just following him around, like giving all kinds of love to his master. You know, like I don't know. And I think another big thing of it too is that I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, Bradley, but I've said it quite a few times on this podcast that it was probably like eighty five, eighty six. We were on our way to go visit our cousins, and for some reason, we stopped at Canadian Tire, and there was a Rancor there, and I was just like. Oh, I want it. It's awesome. And obviously, it's three years after the movie came out. So it was like, I think about it now and realize as an adult what was going on. But my parents were like, you can have him. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? It was probably, it was probably five bucks. Day. Exactly. Like, it was totally liquidated at that point. But I was just so shocked that they had said yes. That he kind of became like, I don't know, he just rose to the ranks, man. I, I still have that same toy. Like his, what his did you find in him? A little... You found something in him. Uh, elementals, I think it was. It was a little guy that had a hologram on his chest. Was, his name was Killer Koala. He was. I, I had one day shoved him down the the beast, uh, the the throat of the beast. He had gotten eaten. He didn't come back up. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. I I I, I miss that toy. I love that toy. Uh, my number one, I struggled with this one, but I think just for nostalgia purposes, and I don't often go with nostalgia as my reason, but uh, the Dianoga, one of the standout scenes. I can't believe it's not on your list, Corey. No, I, even over the Dianoga, I don't know the name of it now, but uh, the animal on Jakku, the junk, the thing that eats metal kind of in the latest episode of Force, well, the first episode of Forces of Destiny, the second one actually. You see it in the, the the Force Awakens, like you just see its head pop up in the sand. Yeah, but, I think it's yeah some kind of worm, but that was kind of cool. It kind of had a little connection with Ray there in Force of Destiny, which it was close to making the list. Yeah, not just I mean just that that the garbage scene. As little sense as that whole thing makes, I'll be damned if that's not one of the greatest scenes out of A New Hope. It was just it was just so cool to see. So yeah, and I had, I've, I've just really quickly my honorable mention list. I've got the Purgle, the Converies, Convors, Converies, uh, the Wampas there, and the Dewback. Yep, yep. Do you, have a, do you have an honorable mention list, or you stopped at five? Well, I stopped at five, but I, I like what you said there with Purgles. 
Yeah. yeah. And again, I took it more in a monster. I can't believe you didn't put Wookiee on your list, Kyle. No, I know. Come on. <laughs> They're borderline people. What's next? Yeah. Are you going to put, put uh, Imperials on my, on my creature list? Yeah. <laughs> if they start ripping off people's arms. Yeah, I'm sure they had it coming. Um, <laughs> you know, the, as I went through this exercise, I realized that since Jedi, there's, you know, animation aside, the creatures in the films since Jedi, I don't really dig all that much. Like TFA and Rogue One, the creatures well, that, that they thing- put in there. Yeah, there was like, that big hideous thing that chased them around the uh, the rafters. The the ra- yeah, thank you. I don't like them. Yeah, they they were they were sort of funny. Eh? I don't I don't like the rafters. Yeah, I don't was... like Borgullet. Borgullet, I kind of like. Like that is that's it, it, that is a pointless, useless scene with Borgullet. You like porgs? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like porgs. That that that'll be the icebreaker. Like I I feel like the whole monster thing was something that was important to Lucas as a nod to like those Ray Harryhausen Harryhausen movies of the 30s um but I, I feel like the current set of filmmakers they recognize that as well but for them it's not super important to move the, put them in the movies so they get shoehorned that's why we get pointless scenes with Rathtars and Borgullets like they just don't know what else to do but maybe I think Ryan Johnson might change that with the Porg and the Crystal Foxes and who knows what else? The fall years. So yeah, there you go, Bradley. There you go, sir. I hope. I hope we. Thank you, Bradley. You're the best, man. Honestly, you came. You became such like a. You just told ads integral... he was the best. Make up your mind. <laughs> Everybody's the best, <laughs> except for you. You're the worst. <laughs> no, Corey. We all know you're the worst, Corey. Yeah, I know. absolutely. <laughs> you're like slippery, slippery Pete. Life. He's the best and the worst. All right, James. Let's 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 fire in another clip here. I can't I can't believe there's more. When I first heard of the Tumbling Saber podcast from Kyle on Twitter, close to two years ago, I was all in. I mean, it's Star Wars talk about new Star Wars content. Sold. As the weeks went by, the show got better and better. Friendships with listeners and other podcasts were forged through social media, and Tumbling Saber became a staple in my life. I wanted more. When Kyle approached me to join the Sith Disturbers show and the Tumbling Saber team, I couldn't have been more elated. It truly is a match made in podcast heaven for me. More shows, more content, the move to Patreon. What a glorious time. 100 episodes is a landmark for any podcast, but I tend to look at it as only the beginning for what Kyle has created. In many years, we'll all look back on this episode with fond memories. To Kyle, Corey, and James... I'm proud to call you my friends and brothers. But I would be remiss if I didn't give a special cheers, most importantly, to you, the listeners. You've helped make this show what it is. Thank you for listening, for sending in your questions, for the Twitter banter, and for being here week after week. Much love to you all. Carlos, out. Much love to you, Carlos. Um, amen, bro. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I I almost don't know what to say. That 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 is very well said. We love having Carlos around. Obviously, that, that it goes without saying. It makes such sense that we have Carlos as part of the team. Um, He's always been part of yeah, the team of though, too, man. The music. But it's funny because Carlos and I've known each other for a long time now, through Twitter, but through sports, and n- neither of us knew that there was this 
enormous geeky side. So I, 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 I you know, I, I wish for a second to have been in his head when he when he heard that I was doing a, a Star Wars podcast. Why is a Star Wars fan like? Why is a Has fan doing a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't get off on the wrong foot, man. Now we've always hit it off online. Just when it comes to the Habs, you know, you're both very, uh, I don't know, keen on your views. Well, oftentimes they mesh up, and we we you know we realize we're, but uh, I don't want to get into hockey talk here. The, the, our team actually has had a good weekend, so. I don't want to. I don't want to stress that that thing anymore. So, uh, Carlos, again, thank you, sir. That, uh, that that is that is a sentiment well said, and it's right back at you, buddy. Uh, where are we at? We got one more voice clip from one Dan Solo. So let's hear let's hear Dan's question for this week. We'll get to that, and then we'll uh, we'll play out the string. Hi guys, this is Dan Solo from the UK. First of all. Many, many congratulations on 100 episodes. It's such a great achievement, and you guys just go from strength to strength. I'm really looking forward to listening to your next 100 episodes. So on this very special occasion, I've decided to honour it by asking you guys some questions via voicemail for a change. And my questions are going to be about milestones. So this year, our beloved franchise celebrated its 40th year, and in recent times has ushered in the next generation of fans. What state do you think Star Wars will be in come its 100th birthday? Do you even think it will still be around, or could it be stronger than ever? So your next major milestone will be a 1,000 episodes. Now, it may take some years to get there, but I've got loads of faith in you guys. And this leads me on to my second question. For over a 1,000 generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic before the dark times, before the Empire. That's a good, solid amount of time for the Jedis to be successful, for the Sith to be at bay, and for the galaxy to be at peace. Now, by all accounts, Luke and our heroes were very close to restoring the status quo. So for Luke to now reject this seems a bit out of place. Is his ego getting the better of him by potentially looking for a new way to take things forward, just because of the hiccup of the First Order, Kylo and Snoke? I'll be interested to know what you think, considering this context. Anyway, guys, I hope you've had a great weekend and enjoyed recording the show. I'll have hopefully seen my mighty Coventry Blaze take down the Guild Flames on the ice rink. I'm heading down there with some friends to watch them live, so a little UK ice hockey plug there. Once again, congratulations on 100 to Kyle, Corey and, of course, James. And may the force be with you, all your listeners and the powerful friends. Take care. All right, Dan, thank you so much, sir. Again, for you as well, thank you so much for being part of this little community of ours. means absolutely the world. Uh, So, guys, this is a tough one. What state will Star Wars be in at its 100th birthday? Who wants to take this hot potato? James does. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for the uh, pass, Corey. No problem. Um, I think... Well, first of all, the idea that it's it's still going to be around um, is 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 probably a pretty solid one. I think there's a very good chance that there will be in some form Star Wars around for you know f- the foreseeable future, our lifetimes and our and our kids too. 
But what's going to be going on after this trilogy and after the trilogy after that and down the road, like the big picture? I'll, the only thing, the only, like I, I wrote down some notes. The only thing that really stood out for me when I was jotting it down is Star Wars will start to get blurred at some point in the next hundred years when our own exploration of space starts to happen. That's when I like, I guess at some point Star Wars will either like have to take a major turn change or twist. Um, but I, 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 I can't predict what the storylines are going to be. All, all I'll say is it's going to have to get a whole lot more real. Um, the, the technology, the space, this, this idea of like them stealing the sun's energy, uh, you know, a star's energy to blow up planets, uh, you know, four at the same time with the, with, with that stupid death star six that they built for the latest movie like that, those gaping holes in, um, between storytelling and actual science, I think they're going to have to close those up because I think just everybody's knowledge of space and, and science is going to be a lot greater uh, in the future. So I think we're going to have tighter stories when it comes to like scientifically accurate Star Wars stories. Hey, not, not if the flat earthers get their way. They'll, they'll <laughs> be extinct. They're not going to evolve. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Imagine. I'm not going to take a stab at story. I'll I'll just say that I think the stories will have to get uh, will have to get a little bit more. Yeah, it's 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 impossible. Accurate. It's impossible to say where the story's going to go. I bet I bet Corey's probably got some idea. But I mean, if I bet in, in '77, if you would ask George Lucas where he thought Star Wars would be five years later in '82 or '83, I don't think he would know. I, I don't think he knew until, of course, you know, Star Wars was a huge hit. That okay, I can actually do my trilogy now. Before that. He probably, I think he probably thought that, you know, long shot, I could do this into a big deal. But for now, I think I got one movie here to work with. So, you know, for us, for him, maybe or maybe not to have, have foresight a few years ahead, how are we going to look 60 years? But uh, I'll take a stab at it. But I, I think, you know, I think the foundation will still be George Lucas's stuff. You know, I think Darth Vader is always going to be part of it, you know, at its core. Luke Skywalker probably. Uh, the stories they tell there are just—they they just resonate across ages, right? With the, the whole mythology of it. I, I don't know that that's ever going to change unless, he, like, socially as humans, we become so drastically different from what we are now, which is possible. Um. Yeah, I just—I just see this this you know multi generational myth just building layer upon layer, but. I think from a technical standpoint, you know, I wonder if you know, technology and virtual reality progresses to the point where the viewers themselves become part of the movie. Like this all oh, becomes... Oh, you watched a Kathleen Kennedy interview. No, I didn't. You didn't watch that? Well, I watched... I saw what she did on ta- the Star she Wars She talks show. about it. Cro- yeah, well, she talks about cross-platform and how the future is like telling the story through different... Means and mediums. Yeah. Well, we we and talked growing we that. talked about this a, a while ago, like a choose your own adventure type Star Wars experience, right? Yeah. And I I wonder if, I, in my mind, I'm you know, imagining sort of a Westworld thing, not where you, uh, you visit at a park, although that could be it too. You know, they are building Galaxy's Edge, but like a strange days or existence kind of deal where you're, it's more in your mind. Well, kind of that, but like there's an ongoing narrative that is actually happening in this virtual world that you can insert yourself into and influence it and be a part of it as your character. Like 
you could it, and it's a transactional thing like you pay whatever they charge you whether it's monthly or you know you buy your way in all, for all time i don't know but like let's say i want to buy in as a bounty hunter and you insert yourself into this into this ongoing narrative this is canon star wars and here comes your character and you try to influence what's going on like i could see that you know somewhere there's like puppet masters sort of steering the core of the storytelling, the narrative. But I think they, it could get to a point where every, all, every one of us could enlist in the galaxy and be a stormtrooper or be an Ewok or be you know, whatever you want to be. Or maybe it, 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 you know I could tumble down a rabbit hole like this, but let's say five bucks a month, you could be a stormtrooper and you might get killed off. Or you could pay a hundred bucks a month and you could be a bounty hunter. Which imagine getting paid to do it too at a point like you're so good at what you do on the online level that you're getting paid to do Well yeah, like your character becomes so popular, right? That I I, it I mean there's so many ways it could go. But I I think I think virtual reality might play I mean this is I mean yeah, this is sixty years from now. Who I I I can't imagine anything is gonna look the way it looks today. Nope. Movie theaters will no, be gone. Right. I'm sure movie theaters will be a thing of the past. The way we take in movies, and guys, we'll be we'll be pushing a hundred, or in some cases, we will be a hundred. <laughs> Who knows what if we'll be around, or if we'll, if we are, if we'll even care. But oh, we'll care. That that that's why I, I kind of went with my answer is that say, first of all, it's a really hard answer to or question to answer. Like when you really think about it, you're like, wow, there's there's so many different ways to look upon it. And my my first thing that came to my mind was I'm probably not going to be alive, so it's all going to go to shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it really depends on how they play the cards from now till then, right? Like, think about it. In 20 years from now, they should be na- making a new saga, in a sense that are gonna get these new fans when they're 40 years old. So they got to continually keep playing off uh, generations, so to speak. And it's kind of sad to say, but they got to still kind of use a formula, I would think. And they can't abuse it. They're, like you would said this many times before, and we all know it. It's it's a way to just print money for them. But they have to respect it. And, you know, you, you said they're not going to do that like these people. They just want to make money and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't want the market to get oversaturated and fed up and done with Star Wars, we've also said this. I believe it truly does uh, need to go back in a vault. They need to open a vault, throw it in there for a few years. And that's what keeps us fans kind of saying, oh, my God, Star Wars is back. You know, like they kind of have to play that, in my opinion. It's worth it when you're playing the long game. That's the way they have to look at it. And they're not stupid as business people. Like, yes, we can make a movie every year and blah, blah, blah. But again, there could be that in 100 years. Or the 100th anniversary, it's still 60 years from now. And if you're coming up with a movie every year, like people are just going to be like, oh, enough, Star Wars. Like, There's, you know, I, I honestly do believe that put it away for a good 5 to 10 to 15 years at one point in that 60-year time span, and you're going to end up doubling your profits at a point instead of oversaturating the market and kind of getting people fed up with the Star Wars. As possible, I, I, you know, I think looking at it that way is finite in terms of 
here comes episode 10 and 12, 20. I think that at a certain point, that, you know, churning out product in that way will end. And it'll, it'll transition to something else as technology evolves. Even just a standalone every year, it's still Star Wars every year. Like, the thing that's made us, you know, we've been lucky enough to kind of experience that. The dark times, we never got to see the OT in theater, but we still were watching it in the early, early 80s. And then that build up in, te- in our teenage years to the prequels. And again, in adulthood, having The Force Awakens come out, like, all these time gaps have just led to our, our love for it, I believe. Well, look at it from, from, from the other perspective. People like in in the year twenty seventy seven. There there will obviously be Star Wars fans who are very elderly, and we might be among them if we're lucky enough. Uh, but there will be fans who are, you know, eighty years old, seventy years old, who are alive now, who are becoming diehard Star Wars fans. Prequels. Um, it's true. They grew, they're growing up this saga. Right, and you know they're feeding off us for the originals. But at some point. People are going to look back, and maybe it's for A New Hope's 100th. Maybe it's it's later. I don't know. But people are going to look back and go, man, like respect and all, but that sucks. That's going to happen at some point. For sure. And it already does for, for the most part. A lot of people just, they don't hate on A New Hope, but they, they say, like, it, it is a bit of a slow movie. It's very slow. It's, it's for the different, it's different day and age. But I still love it. Oh, of course. Like, I can watch it. I, I, I'm still enthralled every time I watch it. It works for me. got to have a bit of an attention span. That's all. People want bangs and crashes and explosions. And there's not enough of that fast pacing. Look, again, compare A New Hope and TFA. They're two movies that largely follow the same beats and the same. Uh, they're all, and they're almost like, like the same length and time. I think actually TFA is is like 10 minutes longer. 10, 12 minutes longer. But you can't tell me that TFA doesn't move real briskly. It moves fast, and it tells almost the same story. So, the, you know, the, the way A New Hope was paced, a lot of people today, again, don't have that, that attention span. So, anyway, we're spiraling here. Dan has another really awesome question. So, has it, the Luke in, in The Last Jedi, has his ego gotten the better of him? And Corey, you can kick it off this time. I think the reason why Dan's probably asking this question is because in the trailer we say, we hear him saying, this isn't going to go the way you think. I don't think it's his ego. I think he's still, we're really seeing the broken Luke, uh, a scared Luke, a scarred Luke. I really don't think this has to do with his ego. I think it has to do with him being able to let go of what he knows and how scared he is of what's to come and the possibilities it may bring. And, you know, that we see he's a jaded guy. Like he's he been seen, through so he's much seen some stuff. He's seen some stuff over the years. I, so I definitely don't think it's his ego because he, he, he took it in the chops. He took it in the teeth pretty good. So I, I definitely don't think he has much to boast about in that regard. So I don't see it again, being his ego. I see it being him being scared to let go. And, uh, wherever this, this saga is going, wherever the force is going with Ray and Kylo, 
Uh, he's just saying it's it's more bigger than you know, than you can think, than you can imagine, and you know it's scary stuff. Uh, valid, valid. James, what do you think? I mostly agree. I don't I don't see it as ego. I think what what Luke's going to be dealing with in this movie is shame and guilt, and very different from ego, but. Uh, but certainly a driver of, of a lot of his actions. And I think uh, shame and guilt is going to, you know, in the end be what drives him to, to, to act. But it's also, I think, you know, we're all sort of under the impression that he may be hesitant to act. And I think that's what's going to keep him from acting at the, at the beginning as well. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's very fair. Um, I'll, br- I'll bring something to the table here. So I don't know if Dan, I don't know if Dan, if you've... Uh, read or listened to the the legends of luke skywalker book but this is and this is weird because i i just listened to this a couple days ago there's a line from one of the stories and again it's soft canon so you can take it with a grain of salt but in one of the stories luke says uh, quote trust that sometimes to yield is not to surrender but to dissolve the ego in the grand web that connects all to all that's a direct quote from one of the stories and that, to me, that sounds a lot like I am one with the Force, the Force is with me. And I think I, I don't think Luke, Luke's ego is an issue at all. Like, I don't think Luke maybe ever had ego issues. And throughout the, the OT, he was always trying to save others, right? It's Right away, he sees Leia imprisoned. Maybe it's because he thought he, she was hot, but he wanted to save her. We have to help her! He, he wanted to just go help this princess. Uh, Han and Leia in, in Empire, he wants to go help. His father, he wants to save him. Like Luke's always been about saving people. I don't think that speaks to an arrogant or ego-driven person. And I that legacy is seemingly continuing into this book. And I got to believe that he's still mostly that same guy in, in The Last Jedi. But like you guys have said, it's, it's emotional baggage that is holding him back. Scarring from, from some really traumatic events that have, that have uh, left him not feeling himself mentally. So yeah, I, I I agree. Clean sweep. I don't think Luke's ego has gotten the better of him at all. I can get why again Dan asks that question if he's thinking when Luke when Luke looks at we're assuming it's Ray because we just don't know still, but we can assume and he says this isn't going to go the way you think. It's there's disdain there. There's uh there's something in his eyes that's saying, like, like I don't want you to be right. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I can, I can see how you can interpret that. But, Corey, I, I think you would like this Legends of Luke Skywalker book. And, again, like I'll, I'll, I'll throw dirt on the mountain here. There's, there's at least a couple times in this book where Luke submits himself to training to an aspect of the Force that... Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of previously unexplored and he's, he's sort of submitting himself to a teacher who, you know, for you and I to go, why is Luke learning from that person? Like he's Luke freaking Skywalker. He's going to go learn about, uh, and sometimes the, the force is called the tide or it's, it's got different names. We already knew that, but um, yeah, like he just learns from people who you go like, you're Luke. You don't need to learn from that person. Go look up a holocron. Go go force ghost chat with Yoda. But I like that though. The Ashla, the Bogan. Yeah. So again, it's it's Luke sort of throwing out his ego if he had one, 
and saying, I can, you can teach me something. I can unlearn stuff and I can learn at, you know, at your altar, your perspective on, on the force. Uh, so again, yeah, pick up that book, Corey, Dan, anybody else, um, is it's, it's pretty, it's, it's cool. I mean, you, you got to stick with it, but I think it's, it helps build up Luke's character and mindset for the last Jedi. And I'm not even done yet. <laughs> and I can already give this, this book a thumbs up and I still have more to go. So there you go. Dan, thank you, sir. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed your hockey game. I think it went well for you. EIHL, right? Is that what it was called? The league he follows out in the UK? Go Blaze. I love that there's a, a, a pro hockey league in the UK. I love it. I think there's even one in Australia. I think that's super rad. Uh, okay. Dan, thank you so much again for everything. And uh, enjoy Thanks, enjoy the Sabine. <clears throat> well deserved, sir. I was so happy to hear they didn't have it either. Like being the, the Star Wars sucker, the a mega collector. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Ben. Like for sure he probably has it. But... When he told me he didn't, I was like, oh, man. Scores. Like, I've said this a hundred times. Like, I love this toy, man. Like, like it's going to look so good on his shelves. Absolutely. Like, it could open a whole new can of worms. That's dangerous. And for that, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. All right. Uh, James, hit us with a couple more clips here. Oh, I don't know if you knew this, but the Godfather listens to our show. Uh-oh. Good evening, gentlemen. It's Stu. Firstly, let me apologise for the voice. I have got a stonking sore throat. So not only do you get Essex Boy, but you get Sexy Essex Boy tonight. Aren't you lucky, guys? Okay, 100 episodes. That is an amazing achievement, guys. 100 of the best as far as I'm concerned. It's been an awesome time. Looking forward to the next 100. And um, to to just try and pick out some special times and special moments of the last hundred, it really is it's too many for me. Um, that would be a four-hour podcast if I started listing everything I love about the show. I suppose the three main things that I love about the show, that would be Kyle, Corey, James, my Star Wars family, the best guys going. Now, before I uh, start to lose the voice... I think I'll call it a night. Guys, it's been emotional. Catch you on the flip side. There goes our boy Stubaka, man. There's there's <laughs> Star Wars fam if, if there ever was. Honestly, man, this this guy's just, just such a a guiding positive light on, on Twitter fandom. Like just since day one for me. Like just seeing this guy day after day, saying goodnight to everyone. Uh just Positive, positive stuff, man. He's always Love there for guys. a good night tweet, eh? Yep. And he's always been there for us, too, man, which, again, you've been such a good friend. He is very, uh, very early. Yeah. Yeah. He has been a rock, no matter what. No matter, you know, like, we'll do it, record a podcast, and at the end I go, oh, God, I don't know, man. Like, was that a good show? Was it not? And without fail, he comes by and goes, guys, awesome show. Loved it. And that's all I need. <laughs> Just as for somebody to come around and say, I enjoyed what you did. Whew. I don't think people realize just how much that those the few little words mean, eh? Like, good job, guys. I enjoyed it. I enjoy listening. It really does mean a lot. 
Well, there's a lot of podcasters amongst our, our, our group of friends here. A lot of, I mean, a lot of artists, period, whether it's, it's, it's Matt and his drawing or, uh, you know, TSW guys and their podcasts, and Rob with his and uh, Carlos with his music. I think often when you do something as a creator, you go, people are going to hate this <laughs> or this is this is not baked enough. Like this has got to go back to the drawing board or whatever it is. Like you're always your own worst critic, but uh, no man, Stubaka, Stubaka is always there and saying, guys must listen podcasting. And I'm like, dude, it's not, we're not that. Oh, just take the compliment, Kyle. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yep, you're right. So Stu, thank you, sir. You are a bedrock of this, of this community. Couldn't do this without you. I hope, I hope Trevor's doing well. <laughs> I hope he's bathing. Cool right. guys. Well, we, we got two more. Let's 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 have one more. We'll save one for the for near the end. Perfect, perfect. Here we go, gentlemen. It's Tim, and first off, from the boys here at the Nerd Room, we wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes. Truly, an amazing accomplishment. Now, although I'm supposed to give a favorite moment, I'm going to actually loophole this one just a little <laughs> bit and tell you why I come oh, yeah. back to the Tumbling Saber each and every week. You guys have captured what I would consider a very rare dynamic, and a dynamic that makes me feel like I'm sitting in the room with you for every single episode. And really, beyond the superb quality of the show, the awesome hosts that we get to listen to every single week talk about a shared passion, and beyond the franchise that has brought us all together, you guys have created a community that keeps us together, and the importance of that should never be understated. I'm always looking forward to what's next from Tumbling Saber. And again, guys, congratulations on 100 episodes. And here's Whoa. to 100 more. <laughs> Have an awesome show, guys. That's All right. Awesome. Oh, man. Tim, thank you, sir. That that means a lot. That is awesome. What are you, what are you drinking yeah. there, Tim? What was that? I hope that, I hope that wasn't a soda. It sounded like a Sam Adams. Hmm. All right. <laughs> And yeah, well, Tim's right behind this man. They're at, they're in the '90s as well. They're going to be doing this in a couple of weeks, and their pod as well gets better and better. I love their show, and um, great dudes. I can't say enough good things about about Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. Whew, uh, guys, man, you guys are blowing me away this week. But Tim, thank you, man. That that is super humbling. The, the community that we have here is. You're right. It's it's. It means everything. All right, guys, we have our good friend, our newest powerful friend. It's Jeffrey, and he's... Jeffrey. Yeah. I, you know, he's he's also a huge Seinfeld fan. I think he listens to Seinfeld podcasts, which, you know, for, for as much love as I have and we have for Seinfeld, I, do you guys listen to Seinfeld pods? I don't, but I, I think all four of us can probably do a Seinfeld pod. Yeah, maybe. Well, it would sound a lot like our Spaceballs episode where we just go, oh, so good, so good for two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, there's a learning curve. <laughs> I don't know if it's that. It's uh, trying to trying to actually draw like themes and like what the hell's going on, actually, in a show about nothing. Um, okay, so, so Jeffrey asks, very simply, if you were R2-D2, would you rather have 3PO with you or Uncle Leo. Have at it. <laughs> oh, it's such a tough question. 
It's like yeah, the first time I read it, like I almost wanted to. I, I kept excluding R two, and it was like on myself, on myself. But kind of, kind of be R two. I think... like it's lose lose, right? Uh, well, no, because Uncle Leo probably doesn't understand you. So at least you could just like blast him all the time, and and he wouldn't know. He'd be like, "What are you saying, <laughs> you little Troy?" He'd be like, oh, that's so cute. Tell me it again. He'd be like, you stupid mother. R2, hello. <laughs> like, if, you know, oh, 3PO is like, he's, he's a prissy, stuck-up nuisance, but at least 3PO is useful, right? Like, he, at least he can be a translator for you or grab you something out of the fridge, crack you open a beer. Like, there's usefulness to C-3PO. Uncle Leo is just a stump. He, do, he offers for nothing. Sure. And he just he gets offended all the time, and he eats all the all the pistachios or the the macadamia nuts. And and yeah, he Uncle Leo's definitely got a, a couple negatives, but the biggest one being he's human, so like he's not he's not nearly as durable. Well, well maybe that's a plus because you know he's gonna die. <laughs> maybe R two likes that, but <laughs> I'm I'm kind of on the same page as that, like saying like, you know, the kind of people want to kind of stick with their own in a sense, so. Maybe, you know, R2 seems to like humans a lot, but I think he's more obviously drawn to, to droids. And if any droid, it's R2. Come on. No. They're lovers. I, I, like, I, I, they're lovers. I, get out. Get out. Like, they're an old married couple, those two. And if R2's already done it, he could do whatever he wants to 3PO. Like, 3PO is so. Uh, oh, he's his naive. bitch. He's his bitch for sure. <laughs> he's his bitch. Exactly. That's my point here. And, and I have many asterisks around this. I'm going to make 3PO my bitch if I was R2. Like, he's totally a submissive. You have yourself a slave that's going to do anything you want. Like, even if he's got his head turned for two seconds, like, R2 is so smart. Like, he'll just zap him out, like, erase a memory. And, like, whatever it is. Like, I know that kind of, sound, kind of sounds bad, but. No, it sounds great, run, Corey. They, they love each other. They are uh, a duo that. They're the duo, pretty much. Like I, I, I can't really imagine a more iconic duo than these two. Well, Va- Vader definitely... and his Tie Fighter. <laughs> no, <laughs> not working for me. Like I want, you know, we didn't get any of the dynamic between those two in TFA. Just very, very little. R two, you've come back. Um, I hope we get to see more of of that dynamic in action. In TLJ, at least a little bit. Well, I hope so. The, the reunion between those two should be of should be of greater importance than uh, what happened in the Force Awakens. Because again, it's them two throughout the original trilogy, and even this the prequel trilogy. This is true. Uh yeah. I, boy, if I, it's it, you got you do have to envision this as being R two though. Like you know that Uncle Leo's gonna too, die. Like, you could probably hasten Uncle Leo's death somehow, like a little spurt of oil on the floor, right, right near the escalator. Mm. You know, Uncle Leo gets sucked well, into the escalator. Like, Is R two really gonna care? Probably not. It's the whole radio thing. When I was thinking, like, when I first read the question, I was like, okay, it's uh, for me, you know, like me as a person. But R two can do all the same things three people can do in a sense that. Like, I'd have 3PO retell me that story, like, the way he does on Endor to the Ewoks. Solo, Tusklo, 
carbon, like, you know, like, you could be your radio, kind of, but R2 can kind of tune into all the same bandwidths as him as well. All right, so let, let's wrap this up, because, I, you know, for as much as we love to mishmash Seinfeld and Star Wars, and Lord knows we did it in the past, right? We did, That's true. Like, we did this on over multiple episodes on Sith Disturbers last year. Whew, like... I think half the people listening are going, who's Uncle Leo? What is Seinfeld? <laughs> so who is it going to be? Corey, is it, is it 3PO or Uncle Leo? Uh, I'm going to answer for Corey and go out on a limb and say he's going to pick uh, 3PO. That's what he was saying anyways. I could tell he fell off his chair and he may be injured. Yeah, something happened to Corey over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so... There you go. I'm I'm also I'm also three PO. So there you go, Jeffrey. Still don't know what happened to Corey, but uh, here we are at the end of the show. But we have one final clip. Yeah, we got one left. One left. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Uh, Corey, are you are you okay? I'm fine. My dog just knocked over some stuff. So well, do you, you want to get it, get your final answer in there, Corey? It's is it Uncle Leo or is it three PO? It's definitely three PO. You can't separate those two, and yeah. All right, fair enough. Who wants to be with Uncle Leo anyway? Painted on angry eyebrows. <laughs> so James, I don't know if you drew it up this way, but to, you know, we, we got one last voice clip here, and I, I, I got an idea who it might be. Did you, for this to follow Seinfeld talk? Is this is this an intentional thing? It, it, sometimes these things just the stars align. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Hey, it's Rob Williams from the Generation X Wing Podcast. Noted um, Seinfeld Happy fan. 100th episode, guys. Uh, it's been a long time. I've been listening to you guys a long time. Uh, since episode 13, uh, that was the Anna Maria Leonte uh, interview we did with uh, Dasha Parmenti on Star Wars Force Awakens. And I remember hearing about you guys for the first time during the Star Wars Podcasting Awards. Uh, that was... Um, so two years ago, where we uh, were, we personally were nominated five times, five times, five times, just like to say that. <laughs> and I was really surprised meeting another Star Wars podcaster in Canada. And now, what was it like a thousand now? But uh, it was really, it was really great to meet you guys for the first time. And over the years, I've noticed, first of all, not only has your interviewing skills gotten better. But the show has improved, expanded. It's gotten in more depth. It's, I mean, it, it's great that we have all the Star Wars content, but it's even better when we have so we have three people who are so committed to sharing the ideas, committed to listening to their listeners and connecting with their listeners. And it's something that you guys and Talk Star Wars do that I really envy. And and I've said in, on our past shows that I like to steal from that. Because it's it's a nice it's nice meeting other people out there who enjoy talking Star Wars and enjoy connecting with others, and I and I really appreciate that from you guys. Um, two favorite moments of mine: one, um, the book contest that James and Corey had to see if Corey <laughs> could finish the book. I honestly didn't think you were going to finish it, Corey, but I was rooting for you. I wasn't I believing in you, but I was rooting for you. <laughs> but you got my boy. And the other competition, well, not competition, sorry, it was regarding the iconic sound of, <laughs> uh, I can't stop laughing every time I hear the word iconic now, 
Uh, I can't even remember what it was, TIE Fighters or R2 or Lightsabers. or It's R2. Or Gamorrean Guard Grunts. I don't know what it was, but it was just laughing my butt off when you guys were talking about Iconic and defining what it is Iconic and trying to adjust the the survey to fit what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I just I enjoyed every moment of it. So... Uh, thank you guys so much. Oh, one other one. I totally forgot. Um, this may not, I don't know if you remember this, but when you're trying to get your tickets online on the air and it completely failed and just the frustration that you guys were expressing, <laughs> it was just, it was, I, I, I revel in your despair, I guess. I don't know. But again, <laughs> really appreciate you guys, uh, all the work you've done on air and off air, uh, just chatting on, on online Twitter and helping us just create this uh commonwealth and it's been it's been i'm very proud to be a part of this commonwealth so anyway guys anyways on behalf of anil and jamie um thank you very much and happy 100th and here's to 1000 more all right later bye rob yees biker scout bob oh i cannot say enough good things about rob and the work they do and i, I love this swing guys. is awesome yep you know, did, did I ever mention that when I started this before I really, before I really got into podcasting, not not as a podcaster, but really listening? I said, yeah, if I did a Star Wars podcast as a Matthew Good fan, I would name it Generation X Wing. God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. Really? Yep. I, absolutely. I can't believe I never told you that. And wow. so you I, did. Cor- Corey you doesn't Googled remember, but you told it. us that in like episode seven. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> Maybe. Um, mom, it mom is a great name, though, and, yet. and they those <laughs> those guys do do a great show. Though, if anybody listens to us has not checked them out yet, do yourself a favor because uh, they're if if you lived at all in the eighties, we've said this before, um, they're gonna make they're gonna remind you of how great it was. And well, the, the great thing, I mean, our shows kind of have expiry dates to them because the news becomes fact or uh, myth, right? Their shows are evergreen. They'll talk about things that have happened in the past with you know with in in hindsight like we like last week they did ghostbusters that's going to be an evergreen yeah, show so and it was amazing they talked about things yeah, in that I was show really... that i never knew like john candy read for uh lewis tully i didn't know that i knew that i had no clue and there's a whole bunch of other gold nuggets i'm not going to reveal them here go listen to gen x-wing don't be stupid stop wasting your life i would have loved to have been i would have loved to have been on that pod because uh pale writer jamie's love for ghostbusters was really surprising and his knowledge was uh, deep quite extensive extensive oh yeah um yeah no rob uh thank you so much man that that your words mean a lot i have a ton of respect for you as a podcaster and um we're we're always kind of complaining behind the scenes like god damn it this podcasting thing is it's eating me up man (laughs) i I don't have time for all this uh but you know it's it's more of a thing that uh we get where we're coming from we're so glad to have you part of this and we're glad to be part of you guys. Uh, the whole Commonwealth thing, it, this is just money in the bank for me, man. It's, it's so gratifying. So Rob, again, thanks, man. Nothing but love, bro. All right, guys. Yeah, I got, that was good. That was a good show. That was fun. I, I knew that, that the uh, sprinkling those throughout would, would sort of add a little bit to, to it. Cause we could, we could reminisce. And I'm really glad we did that. Kyle. I'm glad we made a bit of a deal of it. Cause a hundred is a big deal, man. It is. I, yeah, you're right. It, it is. is. It's, you know, we've been at, we're right, eh? We're, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Say it again. 
Well, you know what they say about blind squirrels and broken clocks. <laughs> I, sure, I said the word sprinkling to Kyle. He was like, if sprinkling means more editing, <laughs> you, you can like... <laughs> well, that's just it, because I'm like, I'm, I'm so... Oh, God. With all the podcasts now, I'm just always up to my eyeballs in, in post. But this one will be well worth it. Exactly. And you know, Rob does a lot of post. I mean, the, the production value on his podcast is through the roof. But So he knows what I'm about to go through in, in, <laughs> in editing all these clips together. Um, I think I, I heard him say something not too long ago about him. I love his intros. His intros, his intros are amazing. Any... They're amazing. Exactly. They're so good. Ah. They're so good. So credit credit to him because I think one time he said he spent like four hours on one. And, you know, that's your time, man. Like, And you know what? It was worth it because it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, we talked about giving something out here for the 100th in a very impromptu way. More? Are we going to do that? Let's do it. All right, let's do it, man. What, what did we talk about giving away, Corey? Refresh my memory. I think I forget. I have a, I have a, I have a slight Honestly. memory. It's like a ghost of a memory, though. Oh, you're onto something. Yeah, you're jogging my memory. Hmm. Uh, Corey, what color, color hues come to mind? I don't know, man. Are you, are you talking about what you already gave to Jeff? No. I don't know. Corey actually doesn't know. Van- Vanity Fair? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Unbelievable. We're going to give out right now for our 100th to one of our powerful friends for being so awesome. You heard a good number of them tonight. Somebody is going to win a Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Right now. Right now. Most of the time you hear this on Sith Disturbers. This is my Lego Hera ghost box, a little minifigure box. Yeah, I thought I thought the Force Ghost Obi-Wan was what Jeff won. I'm confused. Well, way to let Jeff down now. Well, maybe maybe I'll pull, I'll pull his name. Maybe this will be an extra special day for Jeff. Imagine that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay. That, okay, Force Ghost Obi Wan, man. He's we're gonna pack him up. He's gonna he's gonna leave. This is like I should open up an account with FedEx. I'm I'm shipping a lot of stuff out here. You could you should open a, a like you get free shipping. I think <laughs> really, yeah. Huh. I gotta look into that. Well, that makes no sense. How do they make money if I have a free account or free shipping? Well, not free, but it's definitely cheaper than I sent two packages out this week, uh, out west, and it cost me forty bucks. That's a lot of money, bro. Sure is. <laughs> I'm sending out three this week. Do the math. All right. Let's do this, guys. Who's winning an Obi-Wan ghost? Let's reach into the box here. And the winner of said Obi-Wan Force ghost. These are all very deserving names. But the winner is... Bradley. Bradley! Yay! Nice. Wow. And the crowd goes wild. Way to go, Bradley. Bradley is... Very cool gift. Very cool gift. It's a a beautiful figure. And, uh, yeah, man. Good. (laughs) I'm spent. I am absolutely spent after this. Um, Congrats, Bradley. And enjoy the forthcoming Force Ghost Obi-Wan. So there's a little bonus giveaway. If anybody's listening who has not yet become a powerful friend, you just missed out. 
you could have been part of this, but you still can be part of the next draw. Uh, that'll be in our Sith Disturber show at the end of the month. Uh, to be part of that, you go to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. You sign up, two, three bucks a month, and uh, you'll get in on the numerous podcasts that we do. Okay, guys, holy smokes. Bradley adds Dave. Steve from San Diego Sabres. Kigo. Big Wicket. Robcast. Carlos. Stubaka. Tim. And Rob Yees. And Corey and James. I got to thank you guys too, man. And Steve and M and Carlos for being part of the team. Man, oh man. There are a lot of people to thank. There's a lot of people that help push this boulder past the 100 marker. And uh, my heart goes out to all you guys, man. Thank you so, so much. And you, you two guys especially, man. Hey, yeah, we're, we're there for you, man. We're a part of this thing. And, dude, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished, what we've accomplished. And, you know, 100, uh, again, our friends, our listeners, thank you so much, man. Like, just listening to you guys week after week and interacting with you, is it just means the world. It makes it all worth it. And... Man, it just it gets me reinvigorated week after week. It's like game time, man. It is. It is a bit like game prep, right? And I, I also have to thank my wife and you know the, for any podcaster that you know eats into their personal time for this for this hobby. It is what it is. It's a hobby. Uh, you you gotta thank the girlfriend, the wife, who probably looks at you with a raised eyebrow and goes, "What?" Yeah, you should thank them both, the girlfriend and the wife. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let me say a couple of words too, Kyle, because uh, I'm not on the show regularly anymore, and that means a couple of things. One of, the, but the most important of which is it made me realize how much I miss you guys and doing this show. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out was in collecting those voice clips and listening to what people, what stood out for people, asked people for their, you know, what did they enjoy, memorable moments, and they all picked us. Their, their memorable moments are all us. They're just things that we did, shooting the shit, little bets and, and, and rap songs. And it's, it's, it's n- none of them were about Star Wars. They were all about us. And that's, I think, the beautiful thing about this hobby is Loopholes. that we, we got a bunch of friends um, and that we call listeners that tune in every week because they actually like us. And so I think that's really special. And uh, after 100 episodes, I, I, I think uh, worth noting. Absolutely. Yeah, cuz that's what people tell you. I mean, that's 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 what Kevin Smith said. Uh, you know, he's one of the guys that was a spark for me to do this and said, "Yeah, there's a lot of people doing podcasts, but you're not doing a podcast. You're not putting yourself out there. Your voice is not out there." So, um not that ours is any better or worse. It, it's just different. And you know, people seem to like us, and that means absolutely everything to me <laughs> as as a, as a podcaster. It's the reason why we settle up to these mics at you know stupid o'clock and go on for way longer than we should and i know in my case you know i I was just like shouting out my wife who puts up with me doing this at home every night of the week i'm doing something except for you know like friday nights i've I've set aside and said i'm not ever touching friday nights that's it's us time but every other night of the week i might be doing something on the podcast and uh you know she has to tolerate a lot so uh, but behind the scenes, I, you know, she gets a big, big shout out. Uh, but again, our, our powerful friends, the the heart of our community, thank you guys so much for for all that you guys have done, and continue to do, and hopefully will do in the future. Like we'll keep talking about Star Wars, and we hope to keep talking about it with you. All right, guys, we're done. 
we can punch out of here. We got a couple episodes of Rebels coming this week, so that means Bridget Transmissions are back on Wednesday. And we're back with Sith Disturbers at the end of the week for Powerful Friends Friday, which again is part of our Powerful Friends program, which, like I said, check it out on Patreon. Um, okay. If you've got if you listen to this episode and you're going, well, who are all these other podcasters who left voice clips? If this is your first show, the first thing you need to do is go to StarWarsCommonwealth.com or visit Star Wars Commonwealth as a podcast provider on iTunes. And then just go forth and subscribe to those shows because I have no doubt that our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth are going to put out another week of amazing content. So if you want to fill up your earballs with great Star Wars chat and in the, you know and other stuff, pop culture, comic book news, all the all kinds of stuff. We've got a little bit of everything. Uh, sabers, like lightsaber techniques and styles. We've got it all. StarWarsCommonwealth.com And guys, where can people catch up with you on the Twitter machine? Come on, Kyle. Come on. You know you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. And I'm still at Tommy Bombadil one with no Z. <laughs> and I'm That's confusing. I'm so confused. <laughs> and I'm still at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Come say hello, like Uncle Leo. Uh, don't be don't be surprised if I don't answer back. I'm just kidding. I will answer back. Uh, have yourselves a good week. Look forward to talking with you all. This has been an unbelievable episode. I am I am humbled <laughs> by all the feedback. You guys are absolutely the best. The best. Not the worst, like the guy on my left here. Um, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, have yourselves a good week. And we will talk to you later in Bridger Transmissions and or Sith Disturbers. Cheers, guys.
now.